space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Oh my, it's so musical. Our ongoing mission to review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence. Oh no, we'll never stop. Our continuing mission to seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where most other YouTube shows have gone before. Did you like that? Good evening, everybody. <laughs> and I like to fuck things up. Fuck <laughs> the Conservative Party. <laughs> good evening, good afternoon, good morning, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Trekking Up North. I am your host, Captain Goodwill. And joining me, as ever, is the wonderful science officer, Sinoise, from the planet Honk! <laughs> Honk! Along with my Gisean brethren. <laughs> <laughs> well done on that intro. <laughs> Thank you, that was completely and utterly bloody improvised. How are you, my darling? <laughs> I'm, I want to say good, but technically not. Traumatised? Uh, yeah. I've got COVID. Oh no, he's got 5G. I've got 5G. Oh, His 5G. phone signal is impeccable, guys. Oh, very, very annoying. Because obviously, like we like to talk about how busy I am all the time. But then, then we have to talk about how unbusy I am right now and how many things I've had to cancel. Because you're like, how long is this going to last? Okay. Bloody so cancel kind of culture. A three-day window of going, do we cancel Monday stuff yet? Okay, let's wait. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so it's a bit frustrating because I was meant to be in Edinburgh yesterday. Oh. And, yeah, can't. So, yeah, spent the whole day. It was actually quite relaxing, actually. Spent the whole day in the house watching season three of The Witcher. Oh, why? It's not as good as the rest of it, but uh, they tried, I guess. Um, <laughs> Gonna be. I mean, to be honest, I was literally watching this, just being like, "This is awfully written." Like the amount of, you know, when you get plot holes and stuff, and you just go, what, "How does that character know that?" Like, mm. it just literally has it where one character goes up to a tower and then like it explodes, and then another character is like, "Oh, they're in the tower," and you're like, "How? How do you know that? What did did no one saw? There wasn't a scene showing this, and it's just like that where it just feels very much." And it's got people writing letters to themselves quicker than they actually move. And I'm a bit like, okay, the, we've got a very fast postman here. But anyway, this is this this had more plot holes than a, a road in Sunderland. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, I I think Henry Cavill. Sorry, I mean I'm impersonating King Charles. I don't know why. I think. I think... Henry Cavill. <laughs> Hold on, do that in song for him. I think toss a coin to your witcher. I'll have plenty. <laughs> Sorry, I what, sound like a little hernia. Hold on, hold on. What's, what's Camilla doing to make him make that voice? No teeth, Camilla. 
Shocking now. Yeah, anyway. Hello, hello, chat, by the way. Sorry. Hello, chat. I can can see why Henry Cavill is just kind of a bit like, okay, maybe this is a sinking ship. Um, Yeah. Which is a real shame because it's like it had so much potential, but then it just stopped being about monsters and started trying to be Game of Thrones. And I was a bit like, that's not what I enjoyed the Witcher series for, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the showrunners looked at the games in the books and went, those I don't like. However, I do like uh, shiny horse, titty, booby Game of Thrones, so I will do that. Yeah. And this is like, this is exactly, to get us back on topic, this is exactly what I love about Strange New Worlds and Picard Season 3, because they're like going, oh, we'll get a fan to make the, the show. <laughs> you know, like, yes. what a crazy idea. Rather than producers who are basically going, hmm, well, we've got to make a show about this, but we don't really like the source material for this, so how can we make it into this other thing we want to do? And you're like... You you no. have the wrong job. <laughs> no, no, no. Shout out to Damon in the chat. Hey, dude, our Canadian friend who has been in Star Trek hey. Strange New Worlds, the lucky bunny, the wonderful seven, the wonderful seventeen and a half foot Viking musician. That is Adam. We've got Daddy <laughs> my, Lee. My future husband once his wife agrees. <laughs> she doesn't have a choice. Um, we've got Daddy Lee. We've got the Velvet Snatch. What the hell is the Velvet Snatch doing in this chat? Don't know. Some untalented. I, I thought she was on recharge. On recharge. I thought she was on Where recharge. Where did she plug it in? <laughs> Comments <laughs> below. The, um, and we've got the lovely Beth. We've got Edson Bailey. Uh, we've got Nerdy Up North in there. Hello. But yes, welcome everyone to the chat. Um, so you've had a, a rather difficult week, shall we say, Sir Noise, with the old uh, Rona. Um, have yeah, you had an urge that... to uh, drink beer and talk about family? Because, oh, is it that different type of Rona? That's a different kind of Rona. Oh. It's, a, it, it's been a bit odd. I, I do quite like being ill. I was saying to someone the other day that I find being ill quite fun because luckily I'm feeling much, much better today. Like, totally fully functional. Yesterday was awful in a write-off. Tuesday was a write-off. Um... But, like, I quite like being ill because it forces me to, like, relax and stuff. And it kind of gives me carte blanche to do whatever the hell I want. Ah. So, for instance, before this started, I ordered, like, dessert from what's it called? Like, Casper's. Like, oh. And it's the most extravagant thing. It was, like, £25 of dessert. What what type of dessert? Okay, okay. Well, let's, let's, we're going to sack off Shades New Worlds. We're just going to talk about hungry. dessert. Yes. I'm going to make the whole chat hungry. Yes, but it's basically it. very, very good dessert and nommed my way through that. But I would never, ever have done that had it not have been like no rules were ill. Kind oh. of rule thing. Damon said you sing better than me. Ooh, challenge accepted. You are coming on Trekking <laughs> Up North soon, Damon. When, I love um, how threatening you are about it. You're coming on Trekking Up North soon. And you're going to like it. Captain's prerogative. <laughs> um, once, the, once the strike is over. I've, I have heard um, on the grapevine... Fingers crossed that the strike may be over sooner rather than later, but we shall, we shall wait and see. Um, for myself, uh, yeah, it's been a difficult week for me, as many of you know. Don't really want to get into it because I am more. Hey, let's just have fun. Uh, I, but I would do like to give a shout out to because, um, as as many of you may know, I have a job, um, and people are like you, what? what? Um, yes, I, I do have a job, and I did. I, I have a new starter this this week. Um, mm. a, a, lo- a lovely a lovely woman called Zoe, um, and as a thank you, 
uh, for helping her. She made me some <laughs> gifts. Um, the first one, and I don't know if anyone knows this. It's my cunt is quite a, quite a shock to the chat. I'm an aficionado of unicorns. <laughs> so what better to give someone who works in an office than a gun? Shaped <laughs> a like unigun. a unicorn. Yes, a unigun. Yes. <laughs> don't make me pop a cap in your ass um, as a gangster thing. You know, I mean, it blows bubbles and everything. I think we might, the two of us together might have to make the whitest version of the movie Bad Boys. You know, we're like, you just holding the unicorn gun sideways. I pitched it to you, Universal. You've got bad boys. How about sensible lads? I mean, you've got no writers at the minute, so you might as well take up any idea. Sensible lads oh, coming. They probably have. Can you imagine what shit they've tried to push through while the writer strikes on? Yes, trekking. We're going to get like 50 Adam Sandler movies. We're going to get like, you know, oh, we're already getting Saw 10, aren't we? Hmm. Yes. Well. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've heard Babylon 5's coming back. <sighs> but if yes. If you uh... to strike Babylon 5. No, let's not go into this. Okay. But yes, yeah, it's so... like, there's a strike coming. Break out the Babylon 5. Oh, God, okay, no. Okay, we'll, we'll laugh at But you. yes, so but yeah, she, um... she also, um, I think she's into pottery. She's made me an ashtray. Now look at this. Look at this ashtray. It's so pretty. Look at the twinkly stars, and then look yeah. underneath. It's got a little smiling face. Oh. However, that, oh look at that. That's the, are we, smi are we... the smiley of infinite sadness. Are we... <laughs> Darkness. Hang on. Hang on. Oh it hello. Is, it is. My name's Captain Goodwill, and I am the presenter of Trekking North. Do you oh, like? This is like anonymous. I am not the bottom of an ashtray at all. Do, I am an entity. Do you want to see me in a bit, in a reveal? <laughs> hey, that's so nice of her. That is wonderful, isn't she's it? She's a keeper. You've said she's really good at the job as well. So yeah, that's great. she's fantastic at her job and the fact that she's made a present. And then, of course, you know, as, <laughs> as a captain with a bit of an alcohol problem. Um, <clears throat> <sighs> it's all getting into it. bribery now. It's crossed that. the line into bribery. <laughs> <laughs> Shuttle pod show, your podcast chat is doomed. So... <laughs> So yeah, uh, wonderful presents uh, for you know to to receive after after a bad week I've had. But uh, shout out to the wonderful Zoe. Hi, Peaches <laughs> in the chat. We've got Adam saying Goodwill has the same taste in toys as my two-year-old. <laughs> At least she's got the same taste in toys as Goodwill and not me, because then you'd be in trouble. <sighs> but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's a hobby. Yeah, it's like everyone's catching up on the. We're just catching up on the chat, and they're like, "Okay, there's a lot of yeah. bizarre voices." Why does yeah, anyway, Why does Goodwill's Geordie Why does Goodwill's Geordie impression sound like Ivan Dobrovsky? Ivan Dobrovsky, because it it's Mackham, and I don't know how you dare. <laughs> yeah, it's actually an impression of Jake that surnized it. It's too futuristic. <laughs> It's too... Take it away, I don't understand. Oh, that's that's how Sean Ferrick knows Jake. That's that's what's sad. <laughs> we... No, don't give spoilers away. We've, talk, we've, we've talked about this. Yes, we have. Yeah. David but, uh, says, shaken, I... not stirred. Yes, I am. But the martini will just be glugged. So... <laughs> to be fair, to bring, to bring things back round, though, uh, I'm... Hilariously, after what I said last week, where I was like, yeah, yeah, when we're at Annick Castle, we're going to have a full live interview with Sean Ferrick and stuff, and it's going to be great. 
and literally on Monday, I was just like going, yeah, oh my God, I'm so glad that we got all of that sorted. Did I ask Sean? <laughs> <laughs> and then literally it was just like, I, and I went through the messages and I was like, no, no, I haven't actually asked him. <laughs> and so I announced it. And so oh, I messaged man. him saying, hi, so, blah, blah, blah. And then luckily he was like, oh yes, yes, I'd love to do that. And I was like, Thank fuck, because that's going to be awkward as fuck. Because I've kind of already said it's happening. Oh, <laughs> he wouldn't have but a choice. what he had to say about this episode of Trek is basically, have you seen it yet? I need to talk to people about it. Yeah. Because he loved it so much. Holy and shit, yeah. So is everyone. I only know one person who really didn't enjoy this episode, and that's because they hate musicals. And I'm like, then that means it's a good musical, right? <laughs> you know, if you don't like musicals and you hate this, it's a good musical, right? I, yeah. I've saw so much overwhelming love for this episode and the fact that they took a chance and it paid off. Like you, I've only seen one bit of negativity about it. Uh, and that's when there's someone went, I've only seen the first 10 minutes and then I shut it off. However, mm. Sean... Straight well, at least he gave it a chance. Sean was straight in and said, watch the whole thing. Yeah. And I sort of agree. I, I sort of agree. The first 10 minutes, you're just like, mm. and then you, you get into it and you're like, no, this is like sublime in, in every single way. Guys, we normally do a scene by scene review uh, of these episodes. However, um, it's 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 been a long week. Well, we can still do a scene. By we can scene. still we do can a still scene be by me scene. Running it. I just have like, no notes. Um, but I I love I love though that this is how I was with the lower decks one, where I only had like a couple of notes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of it, I was like, I I just enjoy. I was too busy watching. Sorry, I was too busy enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and but and like, the... but yeah. So for the chat, the anyone who has somehow missed it. This week, Strange New Worlds did a musical episode, a la Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a la um, uh, Supernatural did yeah. one, and Scrubs did one, mm -hmm. and it's uh, it was phenomenal. Like it was a full like it wasn't like fully musical, but it was the same as Buffy, where basically you have a standard plot, and then people are breaking into song and doing full musical numbers, and it was just absolutely phenomenal it's, if i'm perfectly honest this for, for those for those that don't know um this is the first time that uh, star trek has ever done a musical episode now this was only revealed to people uh, at san diego comic-con so only a couple of weeks ago there were rumors because obviously yeah. it's a big set it's a big crew there is a lot of ndas as, as yeah. damon will quite rightly testify uh when because bless bless damon last week he was like have you seen it yet and he was like did you see anyone you knew and i was like if if i see you and you haven't told me i swear to fucking god then i saw him and i was like holy shit um but there's a lot of ndas so it was teased very, and I mean, it was a blink and you miss it tease in what Paramount like to do with Strange New Worlds. They show 10 versions of the logo in a trailer mm. uh, and every logo represents an episode. Mm. So you had a Lower Decks one, you had um, uh, Under the Cloak of, of War and stuff yeah. like that and different ones and Tomorrow, Tomorrow and Tomorrow. With this one, it was a very black and white, uh, and it was a very 
classical type thing. And it was it was almost musical. Um, so people yeah. thought it was either going to be a black and white episode, as in a noir episode, or mm. it would be a musical. And the latter paid off. So when this was announced uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, they were like, it's going to be some space rhapsody. It's going to have songs and everyone's going to dance and Pike's going to sing. And everyone's just like... <sighs> but then... A lot of people were like, right, Star Trek is all, all is all about taking risks. Star Trek is all yeah. about boldly going where no one's ever been before. So for a franchise to boldly go into a musical episode, more power to them. Yeah, Holy I mean, shit, what, it paid off. Well, this is the crazy thing, though. And, like, I am a cynic by nature. I always look for the worst possible thing and then I plan for it because mm. it helps with the anxiety. It helps to go, what's the worst that could happen? Let's plan for that. And then if it doesn't happen, then you go, oh, I'm surprised. Like, oh, well, that's great. And I, I, I was saying to Sean, like, Strange New Worlds is a bit weird because, like, after Discovery, I'm not really enjoying that and feeling a bit like, oh, well, let's try another episode. It might get better. And like I've had with The Witcher Season 3, I've been very much like, oh, well, maybe maybe it'll pan out. No, it fell flat again. Um, You know, yeah. Strange New Worlds, I have no question at all. Like, literally, as soon as I found out they were doing musical episode, I was like, that's going to be really good. Like, I, I had no doubt. Like, I didn't... With the the amazing writing we've had in this season and how well the characters are portrayed and how well the stories are told, you know, how good the Lower Decks crossover is, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that, like, you know, how good the War episode is, where there's no doubt in my mind that they're, they're going to pull it off. And that's weird for me. And they did. Like, it's the sort of thing... Some of the things are, you know... You know when you just go, okay, there's some bits of it that are only a 7 out of 10. And you're like, hang on. That's my lowest, you know, score for like a part of it. We you operate know. a 7 out of 10 in Trekking Up but North because we but are adequate. Com compared to other stuff where you see a show and you're like, this is like, that was a 1. <laughs> you know, that was yeah. awful. Uh, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I think it's great for the cast and it's great to bring new stuff to Star Trek. Because that's the whole thing. The whole thing is people complain about us old fans and we don't ever want anything new. We just want what we're used to. We just want to regurgitate the same stuff and see the same characters again. This is a perfect demonstration of, no, we just want good writing. And yeah. that's what we get here. That's what we get all season. And again, this is why Hollywood <laughs> needs to pay... Way to the writer's strike. <laughs> this is why Hollywood needs to pay not only its writers but it's actors as well and everyone else involved fairly. Mm. And for God's sakes, give these actors residuals. Please. Yeah, that's it. For the you amount know. I'm going to be singing a horror song, she needs residuals. Yeah. Like. But this episode, this episode opens, uh, the Enterprise is investigating a naturally occurring subspace rift, um, which they believe would be able to enhance communications throughout the Alpha Quadrant uh, exponentially. So... The Alpha Quadrant in Star Trek, the galaxy is split up into four different quadrants, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. Star mm. Trek operates um, Starfleet and the United Federation of Planets, and everything that happens in Star Trek mostly mm. happens in the Alpha and the Beta Quadrants, with the exception of Voyager, who was stuck in the Delta Quadrant, the other side of the galaxy, mm. and Deep Space Nine, where they found a wormhole from the Beta Quadrant to the Gamma Quadrant. 
But the majority of the franchise takes place in Alpha and Beta, those two quadrants. Yeah. Now, the vast distance of the galaxy, any transmissions, obviously, in those distances would take weeks. And this is like 200 years into the future with all subspace technology. Mm. It still takes weeks. So they found this subspace rift, which would be like, hey, instead of taking weeks, this could be instantaneous because this subspace rift is sort of you can communicate with any part of the Alpha Quadrant yeah, instantaneously. Yeah, it's like a tunnel. Like, we have yeah. wormholes and stuff and other it's things. It's a fold in space, yeah. Yeah, this is a, basically a way to just go, hey, send that over there really quickly. Like the equivalent of, rather than sending something by post, you send an email. That's, yeah. Uh, if they can get this working. Uh, hilariously, though, Spock is working on this, and he has had to steal all of the power from the ship. So he's, he's basically... Uh, they're stealing all of the power on the ship, so Ahura is having to do all of the communications manually. She's a phone exchange operator. Yeah. yeah. So she, so it's just got her like rooting. Sorry, Tavisar, please hold. <laughs> I love that that was a job. Like I love yeah. that that was someone's job for like you know all those years. But it reminds me of the TNG episode, you know, with the the woman who does astrometrics. Where she just steals all of the power. It's oh, Picard's love Picard. interest. Yes. Yeah, and she's the love interest. And basically, like, she just does that, where she just goes, Hey, we're going to take all the power from the ship. <laughs> and so no one's replicators work. Nothing works at all. The holodeck yeah. doesn't work. And then she's just like, Okay. And we get the same thing here with Spock, but we get to see how diligent and good at her job and how she doesn't complain a horror is like where she basically this first scene is literally just her patching calls from 250 people all over the ship and taking incoming calls through to pike and whatnot such wow. as his girlfriend slash daughter oh the um, nine years there's nine years difference he's 50 she's 41 time i see it man it's just a good skincare routine chapel <laughs> though is waiting for a communication about a fellowship which is three months for yes. those that, for those that don't know, the person in charge of the fellowship in canon, that's who Chapel marries. Oh, oh, well, at least she gets an A. At least she gets an A, though. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. Not going to say it. Not going to say no, it. No, okay, we're going to rise above it at some point. Yeah, I, but, um, I love that Adam Bailey saying. I think the Monster of the Week format is why this show is superior. Yeah, I, I think so. But the the the, the monster this week is song. <laughs> yeah, it's happiness. Yeah, um, it's joy. Yeah. Turns it's out, just, yeah, the um, real evil is joy. <laughs> actually, to be fair, I think it's um, uh, emotions. Actually, I think the 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 monster this week is emotions because yeah. the singing is one thing, but as we find out, you know. Uh, loose lips sink ships. Is well, the yeah, because they're, they're trying to do an experiment with the subspace rift and they try and send the signal. And Spock's like, well, a normal signal doesn't well, work. Hold on, before then, we have um, we have Kirk beaming aboard. We have a oh, scene yes, where we basically yes. have Una and Lan waiting at their transporter pad. What's yeah, it called? Yeah. Transporter room. Transporter room. Uh, because Kirk is doing effectively. Uh, oh, what's it called? Work experience. He's he's <laughs> yeah. Instead of shadowing with his own captain, um, they they once again pie him off onto the Enterprise and just like, go bother Pike. Why can we have Kirk here this week? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, hang on. He's he's shadowing Una. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Hang on. So, oh yes, because he's become first officer. He was a lieutenant. He's becoming first officer. So he's shadowing Una, who's an experienced first officer, to get yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yes. It doesn't matter. They it, just wanted Kirk on the episode. <laughs> they just, they, there's a very 
We all want Paul Loose Wesley. reason why he's here. Then. We all okay. want Paul Wesley, let's be honest. <laughs> oh my. But yeah, um, but then they're doing that and basically like, this is where Una picks up that there's an energy, as she describes it with Lan, of basically Lan being very excited to see Kirk again. She's detecting the thirst. As we know in, previously in the series, uh, we had it where Lan was in a time ep- a time travel episode where she fell in love with Kirk. Mm. But that Kirk is gone now and the one in the current uh, universe doesn't remember her and it's all a bit awkward. So, But she's still in love with him and she's kind of holding on to that hope that maybe they can get together for real in this uh, time. Yeah. So, yeah. So Kirk, Kirk teleports in, uh, immediately reminds Lan that uh, he owes her a drink or vice versa. Of course he does this, and... slut. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Uh, but then, yeah, then we go to engineering and we have Spock trying to deal with this uh, communications issue. And they explain that a standard communication is not really working, so they need to send something. Pellier. Pellier! 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 Comes in um, and says, what about something um, with a... Uh, harmonic. Harmonic. How about you send simple harmonics through? Yeah. Uh, Although hilariously, I think basically Pellier kind of comes along and says, oh, sending speech is actually too complicated. Maybe send just simple harmonics through like a song. Mm. And I think she means a melody like chopsticks or something. And then Uhura is just like... Spock and Uhura is like, let's send a full-on song yeah. through. Let's, let's, let's bring up... Um... Starfleet iTunes and uh, we'll, we'll yeah. just sorry sorry it's, Star tunes. it's, it's, it's the 22nd century LimeWire and we will see um, what we can do she's like oh the great American songbook was it anything goals that she sent it was wasn't yeah. it in olden times heaven knows anything goes anything goes it's gone no it's gonna be Jimmy Savile actually <laughs> now then, now then, now then, anything goes. Mm-hmm. Now, have I got a musical for you? I'm getting the word <laughs> unmarked grave. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> I, love, I love how I'm delirious because of COVID. You're delirious because you've had a, like, a horrible week. Oh, I'm exhausted. And we're both very happy because we've enjoyed a very good episode of Star Trek. So... This makes us very silly, I'm afraid. In times. <laughs> put the martini down. Shh, work documents. Um, it's, uh... Actually, to be fair, I've still got my cheeky cosmo. Should we do it? Hold on, I'm going to have some. Are we going to do it? We're going to yeah, do it, guys. Uh, We're going to do okay, it. Sorry. Screw it. That's how good this episode has been. I, I tell you what. No, I tell you what. This is going to be product placement, guys. Okay. Let's see if I can reach. I'm gonna product place this into my uh, stomach. Um, I am gonna, I am gonna use because because he's in Vegas um, with Mark, hmm. the bar steward. Um, I'm going to use my Agony Booth Yay. Heritage mug with um, Garon. <laughs> Glory to you and your cocktail and your house and your house. Um, <laughs> Okay. I, I just take solace in the fact that every other Trek podcast is covering this episode better than us. Oh, that's, that's why we're adequate. Wait until we get to everyone seen at the 56th minute of the episode. Yeah. <clears throat> K-pop. So we are going to... Ooh. What's the stiff one? 
Oh, da da. Oh, da Oh, mama. But yeah, um, but continuing uh, the thing. So basically, they send anything goes through the worm, uh, through the subspace rift, and yeah, there's immediately a big explosion, and they're just going. Wait, they basically there's like a wave that goes through the entire ship, and it affects everyone, and we see it affect everyone. And everyone's just immediately like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, because it, it sort of takes people off the feet. And yeah. uh, it, it, it resonates throughout the ship and ends up at the bridge. Which I, mm. Mm, I was like, hmm, okay. So it goes all the way through the ship, all the way through engineering. Despite the Enterprise facing forward, it went all the way through <laughs> engineering, all the way through the ship, and then ended at the bridge, which is at the centre of the Enterprise. <laughs> I was like, okay. But I let it slide. And then well, what I, I think to be there? fair, they showed the scenes in the order. Have you got it there? I love when you're drinking straight martini. Like, uh, at least mine's like technically a mixed cocktail. Oh, is it nice? Did you enjoy oh. it? Oh, how delightful! Computer I replicate more. I hope you don't mind that we're just being funky. You guys know people. what week we have had. Yeah, that's it. Like, Do you like the ASMR like, of me pouring, by so the way? Much stuff. It's Hang on. very frustrating. I painted lots of Warhammer, though. That's quite good. <laughs> you don't, you're not filling the whole cup, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm pouring one out <laughs> for my <laughs> brethren. <laughs> what did you have for Friday? What did you have for dinner on Friday, Goodwill? A mug of martini. <laughs> oh, it's bold of you to assume that I ate. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so what happens is, and then they start, we hear a tune. We hear a melody. And then the first song starts yeah, breaking. So we have it, I uh, love Pike's uh, face all the way through this, by the way. I'm I, I think it's it's hilarious because it's an ensemble number where basically um, Pike Pike is asking engineering sort of, oh, so what was that? Uh, give us a report. And Uhura basically starts going, okay, cool. We'll tell you what's happened. We're just getting it together. And then Spock starts singing the report. <laughs> what a what a set of pipes Ethan Peck's got on, by the way. Very deep voice it's as well. Fantastic. Like it's the the thing is, it's really. I think they, this is the reason why they did this because what? Uh, uh, oh God, who's the guy? Uh, Josh Whedon, who did um, Buffy. Hmm. What he said is the reason why the musical episode of Buffy happened. What started it all, all effectively is because they literally were just like, "Hey, hang on, all of our." cast pretty much are all like drama school trained and naturally if you go to drama school if you go to dance school you have to sing you yes. have to take singing classes it doesn't matter if you're not good at it you still do it and then you just go cool never doing that again but then because like they realized that most of the like cast could sing they just went yeah cool while we're here and obviously the same thing has happened here because pretty much everyone in the cast can sing <laughs> you know I... it's great and I... even the people who can't sing, they just give little parts to. Like they did with Willow in the Buffy one, where they're like, you're terrible, so here's a line, and that's it. You know. I, I have a confession. Mm. So before I was captain of the barely attached <laughs> adequate, um, some of you know I worked in TV. Mm. However, before that, I did musical theatre. Is it theatre or theatre? It's theatre, darling. Oh, okay. It's theatre. Okay. I'm off to a night at a theatre. Oh, um, you lovey. You... I, I was a lovey. Darling, I was a lovey. Um, <laughs> oh, sweetie, sweetie, that's where my sweetie, martini sweetie, habit... Darling. That's where my martini habit began. <laughs> we had bigger mugs back then. <laughs> yes, Ian McKellen. So it was... Uh, no, um, yes, I, I, I did uh, study and uh, 
played in musical theatres. Uh, I I did um, My Fair Lady. Yeah. I was Henry Higgins. I have often walked... If you were the lead role, I would have been surprised. Yeah. You know, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, so no, I mean, like, as in a, as in a, a fair lady. Not the guy. Okay. Right. <laughs> I wore spandex for one show, but I'm not going to say. You don't have the legs. Uh, oh, I do now. Um, <laughs> I do yeah, now. so I was like, uh, I sang, uh, I have often walked down the street before. <laughs> But the pavement always stayed beneath my feet before. <laughs> All at once am I several stories high, knowing I'm on the street where you live. Hold on, I need to close this subspace rift. It's, it's spreading. <laughs> it's spreading here. Oh my god! So yeah, they 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 start um they start uh, breaking into song because obviously. They can't detect anything. What? What is it? Everything's sta- uh, not stable. Um, yeah, ev- ev- everything. Um... Yes. Oh, what God. is it? This is why but, I need notes. I, I think this is the great thing, though, where basically, like, the, this song, because throughout the episode, all the songs are very personal. This song isn't. This song is literally them trying to do their job, but singing it all. So it go- basically it goes around all of the 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 crew basically reporting their stations so basically just going hey everything's fine here everything's fine here but in yeah nothing to report uh, that's it yeah no nothing to report everything is stable i think is the line and it's basically just this thing of like so the, the entire song is beautifully done everyone around the ship singing and everyone gets a little line in so when benga gets a line in chapel gets a line in and even pipe looks a, mortified a couple of words we even get a line from a uh, pelier who isn't a singer and you can tell but you know like they still go hey cool you're, you're but, here but pike um, looks mortified and i think i think pike's at this stage in his career now where he's just like not another thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's just, just like, like, oh, no, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's an absolutely phenomenal song. I love the fact it's he goes, why are, this, why are we singing? <laughs> the, 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 the group thing where basically everyone's telling Pike that everything is fine and there's no weird readouts or whatever. And then he just starts to like, but why are we singing? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, actually, so if everything is fine. Why are we singing? Ant- Anson, Which is a great way to end it. Ant- Anson Mount, who is um, the fabulous, handsome, wonderful, kind, generous, polite captain of... Daddy. Daddy. Um, Anson Mount me. Anson Mounty, when he gets to be... Um, when he when he stars in Due South, he will be yeah. Anson Mounty. Uh, he's from Tennessee, naturally, guys. And you do hear this a lot. There's a lot yeah. of country in Anson Mount. And it comes out in this episode, and I'm I'm here for that. So, but we do. We normally skip over the intro, and we haven't. Uh, we we didn't for the lower decks crossover because we got the beautiful animation yeah. of lower decks. And for this one, I love. I, I'm going to say this now: more adaptations of the intro for these types of episodes, because the supernatural does this for that five seconds think- that it's on. I think it's really important to do it though. Yes. Where it's the idea of you can you can tell you've got a good theme song 
and a good intro when you can piss around with it. Like mm. when you can kind of, and like we see here where we've got different versions of the theme tune and then here we get an, it's an, an almost acapella, acapella version. It is acapella. Version yeah, it's well, a, well, it's got a few the drums. Problem is it's, it, yeah, it's got drums, it's got percussion, but otherwise it's pretty much all vocals mm. and it's it's brilliant. And you're just like, whoa, it's it's just so, so good. You know, like that they do this and then it's it's just a bit more, dramatic it's a bit more flancier than the usual theme and it's just absolutely fantastic but oh. yeah but once the episode started then we go into a scene of basically everyone sat around a table going what just happened <laughs> you know like why did this just happen can, can i just point out lee I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm feeling jolly tonight lee said i thought goodwill was gonna say he's from tennessee and he's the only 10 i see <laughs> yep well done, well done, Lee. That is a perfect. Part. The thing is, Lee, I have been close enough to answer Mount to licking. <laughs> All the energy in the world to prevent it. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're in the. I ops- wouldn't try. The, oh, you would. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll go to jail for this. He came in. Oh, he, it'll be worth it. He came in right, and he had bootcut jeans, cowboy boots. And a bomber jacket, and I'm just like, you are the ye to my ha. And I, I, I love how you're just looking off wistfully into the distance there. Just... <sighs> um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um... yeah, <laughs> I... it's, it's such a good scene. And my favorite thing about this scene is that they're talking about like, um, what is it? I think they're talking about how what what could happen. They're like, oh, anything could happen, but we might all turn into bunnies. And yes. I think that is a reference to Buffy. Yeah. Is there a chance so, it's going to be bunnies? There is a chance that we are going to be bunnies. <laughs> yeah. And I love the idea of just like one of the favorite lines from, you know, or favorite, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, threads. Si- threads of like the Buffy thing is that Anya's obsession with bunnies. Oh, a trope. It comes across. A trope. Yeah. yeah. It is yeah. so good. But they, they explain in the scene uh, what is happening is um, the. Enterprise has become tethered to the subspace rift. And if they try and move very much like a zipper, it will open the rift further. So their best bet is to stay stationary and find out how they can untether themselves uh, from this rift because it could get worse. And at this point, they don't know what the ramifications of that uh, would be if, if it did get worse. So they try and come up with a plan. Lieutenant Kirk and Una uh, believe that they can reroute um, power to the deflected ish to, to, to cause some sort of um, resonance pulse which sort of repels the Enterprise away from the rift. And we've, mm. we see this a lot in Star Trek with uh, the deflected ish which is used on starships to push debris away from the ship as it's moving uh, mm. at very high speeds and at warp speed because... Uh, even sublight speeds, like something that's like that, could punch a yeah. hole the size of your head in in a in a yeah. starship. So the same way as dropping something from a very high height can uh, make it far more dangerous. Yeah. So the deflector is often used to repel. So they're wondering if they can modify the deflector somehow to repel the tethering uh, of the Enterprise and the subspace race. So Una and Kirk work on that. Mm. So yeah. Next scene the next scene is uh i've forgotten what it is i think it's basically hold on 
I'm loading. Is it is it Una and Pike? Where Kirk is in the Jeffrey's tube and he's rerouting the plasma conduits. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a moment. Hold on I lost a minute, track. This is uh, why okay. I have notes. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, so it's basically, this is what... Yeah, that's it, because uh, uh, Una and Kirk are in the Jeffrey's tubes, and she is basically doing what she's meant to do, where she's basically telling him what it's like being uh, number one and, you know, passing on her experience to him. Yeah. And I, 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 to be fair, the main point of this thing is that it goes into song. <laughs> it does. The we... main point of this whole scene is that she is giving... She she is giving him advice, and then obviously it moves on to giving him advice through the medium of song. We we do get it. We do get to see the the wonderful callback of the Jeffries tubes, named after mm. the original designer of the Enterprise, Matt Jeffries. Oh, I so, thought it was Jeffrey Dahmer. No, no, that's the replicator. Mm. Oh. The um the protein resequencer. Ah, get it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get it in there. That's what he said. So the uh... <laughs> no, it wasn't. It would have stopped him killing. Christ! At, at first, <laughs> then there was killing. Uh, he was the praying mantis of uh, Milwaukee. So uh... okay, I'm just going to put this martini down. Um... <laughs> so they are in the. I mean, it's a beautiful Jeffries. I I love that the the designers in Strange New Worlds are harking back to the 60s design of the original Enterprise and modernising it, but still keeping those mm. beautiful colours, beautiful piano black designs, colourful piping and stuff like that. It breaks into song uh, about Una uh, passing on her knowledge, um, uh, her expertise onto Kirk, who has been promoted to first officer of the Farragut, mm. and he is learning from Una. All the while... That arm is watching them from the side of it. I thought this was a bit amateurish. This part here, where she's like, she's watching them, but it's sort of like TV trope watching, where it's just like, yeah. there's the wall, and they're just like, yeah. If they look, they blatantly see her, but it's yeah. She's but red I, on I, a white background. <clears throat> but it's important though, because the I think the whole point about these episodes, like the same way that it was in Buffy, is that it allows you to get a lot of exposition. And characters that wouldn't usually talk get to sort of talk about their feelings in a way that doesn't require the context. Like, for instance, like if you wanted a character who doesn't talk about their feelings to say how they are, mm -hmm. A, there'd need to be someone there. Mm -hmm. And B, why would they open up to them? There's a lot of preamble you've got to do in order to get emotions across. Yeah. Whereas what Buffy found is with musical episodes, you can just go, hey, someone sings a song about their deepest desires or deepest like fears, and it doesn't need to have a reason for it. It doesn't need to have that. It's just what's playing on their mind. And that's what this episode does. And so we get Lan, who is very, very much closed off. She's very secretive. She doesn't talk about her feelings because she's so terrified of getting close to people and getting hurt. And then what we have here is Una effectively saying to Kirk, what I do with my crew is I get close to them rather than what you're told to do, which is basically keep professional, keep everyone at arm's length. Una basically says, no, I get to know them. I keep my heart on my sleeve. I control my emotions, but I'm not frightened of them. And that's what you should do. And that's the advice. And then Lan's watching this basically obviously going like i wish i could do that i wish i could like you know 
uh, it's it's different. my heart on my sleeve and that's that's the joy of it because it's a very it's it's like a it's like a my fair lady maybe not my fair lady it's more like bed knobs and broomsticks kind of song it's very gilbert and sullivan this whole like, well it is because she's a huge she, she is a huge fan as we found out in uh the short trek uh episode of where it was spock's first day on the enterprise as a mensen <laughs> yeah. she is a huge fan of gilbert and sullivan so mm. it makes sense and what a fantastic voice i just want to yes. say una's voice is phenomenal it's so powerful rebecca remains she she yes She's lovely. That's all I'm going to say. Isn't it crazy to think that, like, that's bloody mystique? Yes. And she's yeah, married to like, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, it's just weird. The yes. whole thing is just like going, hang on, we've had a musical episode with fucking mystique. What? <laughs> the luckiest man ever to be, like, yeah. Two first officers in two Star Trek episodes, uh, two Star Trek series, and they are married. <laughs> and wow, he is. A lucky, lucky man. But yeah, so <laughs> the but man. it's but it's the whole the whole um, arrangement of this song is very Gilbert and Sullivan because Una is a massive fan of Gilbert and Sullivan. We see mm. Laan uh, watching over the side, and I, I I absolutely agree. This is more for anyone who's worked in an office environment. It's management styles, and mm. when you've worked in an office for a long time, obviously there's change arounds as people move, people leave. You get to experience different management styles and what works for you and what doesn't and this is sort of like hey some people uh keep their team professional they don't get involved they don't uh they, they keep the personal and the professional separate and they're sort of like we are here to do a job i will do it that way una was mm. like that and this is a great callback to um the pilot episode the cage where we see number one in you know Majel Varey, uh who was very quiet, very stoic, very professional. That was that was the way that number one was was uh, portrayed in the yeah. cage. Whereas this one is very, I'm very heart on my sleeve, like you said. I'm very in tune with the crew. I'm friends with the crew. I will go and have a laugh. We saw that all the way through season two of Discovery uh, and season one of Strange New Worlds. Yeah, and she also she says, I was like you. I was very stern, but then I realised that. This, I'm, I'm trying out a new style and she's sort of saying to Kirk you know Kirk's, Kirk's sort of like I want to get you know I, I want to get to know my people and, and we, see, we see this because Kirk's style is always first name terms with his crew so yeah. he does he does this with Naota he does this with La'an and stuff like that and he's like first name terms first name terms he sort of does this in the original series he doesn't do it with Uhura because we never knew Uhura's first name until mm. Star Trek or nine in the alternate, and obviously era. it's always Mister Spock and Mr. Bones. Yeah, but then Bones Bones is like a nickname though, so it's like it. So that's you know familial, and I think that probably Spock wanted to be known as Mister Spock. You know, we probably tried to call him just Spock at some point. But, but like, Kirk is you know. Kirk is very much of I will call you how you want to be called. If yeah. you want to be called Mister Spock, I will call you Mister Spock. If you want to be called Scotty, Scotty. Uh, you know, mm. check off, whatever. It's that's who he is. He he knows his crew, and he knows who likes to be called what. Because you know, yeah. we'll probably have that at work. You know, you'll probably get someone. Oh, I I want I want to be called Mike. No, you will call yeah. me Michael, or you. And it's like <laughs> I will call you Jeff. Yeah, you know, I will call you <laughs> Dickhead, and it's like yeah, and it's like 
<laughs> but it's 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 a, it's about adapting your style to your crew and and on a ship on a starship and very much like the navy you can't go you can't leave at the end of the day you are there and it's like you've got nowhere to go well, this you're with the them thing. 24 this 7 is, this leads on to the next part where basically it's like like we say we've seen lan watching and lan does keep detached she mm. is getting better in season one she was very detached from everyone yes and in season two we've basically seen that she's making friends with people she's, she's having nights out with people yeah yeah she's having nights out she's friends with Uhura. she's like uh, you know besties with una but it's the fact of she's still not opening up to people like she's still very much the only reason people know about her is that they can read her better like we saw in the first scene where like una's looking at her being like ah i know what that means rather than lan actually actively opening up so basically once she's witnessed uh this song between una and kirk uh, she basically goes, she basically wanders off to think about it and then finds herself start singing. My favorite song. Immediately makes a, a, bi, a beeline, is it? Beeline makes to her quarters, bee, yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes a beeline to her quarters, just going, let's not let anyone else hear this, you know, which is very characterful of her. And yeah, this is probably, I think this might be my favorite song of the whole one, but there are a lot of good ones. Yeah. But yeah, this is. Chris, Christine, tell, tell me about this song. This is ab- this is absolutely fantastic. Chris, Chris, um, segment. So, so Christine Chong, for, for those who don't know who who plays Laan, is an actual professional singer. And there's been a lot of rumors that there was a rumor when we had uh, the episode when they were back on Rigel Seven. You know when she got uh, cut, and the thought that Laan was going to die because Christine Chong wanted to pursue a musical career, obviously yeah. didn't die. But she is a, holy shit, she is a tremendous singer. She has got a set of pipes on her that, mm. that can't be beat. So, oh, but this song is basically how she sees how, she saw how Una and Kirk opened up and she's wrestling because La'an is very closed off. What we mm. saw in Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow was La'an finally opening up to someone and then losing that someone closing herself back up and to see a copy shall we say for want of a better term of that person that she's owned up she's conflicted she wants to she wants to be with kirk she wants to open up to kirk the way she did with her kirk Wait, she it's can't. addictive it's, it's it is she she had this moment of vulnerability and she enjoyed it she yeah. very much was like, whoa, I was able to let my walls down for like a, like a period of time and I want that back again. But then she just can't because, you know, like her job, her friends, how she wants people to perceive her and also just the fear. And this is something that's very relatable to anyone watching. Yes. And yeah, and so basically her song is a phenomenal work, which is wow. basically her yeah. just talking about how she just... Uh, you know how how she just can't open up about how she needs to stay in complete control of her life, and that stops her getting hurt. But then, the you know the the amazing chorus, like of basically oh, but what if yeah. <laughs> you know like what if what if I could have that back? You know, and she's kept the the diver's watch from her trip to twenty first century 
Toronto. Which he should have given back. She should really. have. <laughs> she has nicked that. But that is her that is her only that. that is her only connection to her Jim Kirk. Because that is what you know. That is what he wore, um, for, for briefly, anyway. Mm. But that is her connection to that reality and the reality in the song that she is fantasizing about. Where, because in tomorrow, 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 she gets up in the middle of the night when they're in the hotel. She walks over to where Kirk is sleeping, does mm. nothing, goes back to bed. So part of this song is a what if? What yeah. if? He came to me, or I came to, or I came yeah. to him. What if we did? What if I broke down that last barrier that I was fighting against and gave in to um, my 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 inner, not in a filthy way, but gave in to my inner desires to open yeah. up to someone, you know, so, to let someone in. And mm. it is, it is. I I th- there's a little bit later on which we will get to. We won't spoil it, but yeah. this is my favorite song out of all of them um because of christine chong because of her singing ability and this song was just perfect i think i think the fact is that a lot a lot of the songs in this and i haven't you know if you if you haven't watched the episode if you're not interested in watching the episode and you just want to hear the songs the album is on spotify now it is the the soundtrack is on spotify i haven't listened to it yet but I wonder if the songs are extended on it because the thing is a lot of the songs in this episode feel like vignettes. They mm. feel like, you know, like we, we get a lot of songs where it's basically, Oh, it's a verse. Then it's a chorus. Then it's a verse. And then it's done. Like it's not a full three minute, four minute song. Like you would expect. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cramming it 10 songs. Like maybe on the soundtrack, they are, they do like a full sort of like two verses, two choruses kind of thing. Well, if I don't know, if but, if you if you watch the episode and you do like the songs, it is available on Spotify. Yeah. So you can and go apparently there. it's coming out on vinyl. It it is yes. Yeah. Um, what I also saw this week, um, I I follow a, a fantastic chap called Tango the Horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, typing with his hooves. Typing with his little hooves. Deep Trek Law, um, that is Pike's horse. From <laughs> I did um, not know that. From, that is totally new to me. Did you so the pilot episode in the cage where they do a flashback <laughs> to the Mojave, the city in the Mojave, and yeah, there's Tango the horse. And the picnic scene uh with the mm. horse, that's Tango. So Tango <laughs> the horse uh, was sent a lovely care package by uh Paramount, Paramount Plus, um, with a wonderful t shirt that showed the poster, which is going across the banner. It's just about to come over to the banner now yeah. of Subspace Rhapsody. And on the back, it's got all the episode names and uh, the star dates. Um, but they, there is a, a, a link to the, uh, the album and it mm. is coming out on vinyl. Now, I wish I had a vinyl player because... You can borrow it, mine if you want. Cool. But I wish, <laughs> I, I, wish I had one myself. Because, you know, because the season three soundtrack, holy shit, for Picard was chef's kiss. Well, this is the thing. I mean, my my friend, the one who didn't like this, she 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 sometimes uh, is lovely and joins my Twitch streams. But she is actually a composer. Like she and I think that's why she's so crazy critical about Are you OK for your martini. I, I accidentally gulped, you take a full gulp. I accidentally gulped the martini. 
Sorry. <laughs> you thought it was pop and you're like, oh. Yes. The Apple Tango That's is next to it as well. Well, I shall have a Tango Chaser. Tango! Yeah, have a ta- tango! Come on. Tango uh, the oh horse. Google, have your Tango Chaser. In honour of Tango the horse. Oh, hello. I'm Tango the horse. I've got hooves. I'm not Jake at all. I am not. But, um. Yes, I'm anyway. gaming up north. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he does talk like that, though. Whatever he says. Ooh. Um, the but I think the wonderful thing is basically like uh, I've forgotten the thread I was going down with this. But I what I like about this episode, okay, is the fact of it's kind of adds an extra layer to it that it doesn't get absurd. Like no. with the Buffy episode, like the musical episode, we had it where it was very musical. It was like everyone dancing big sort of dramatic things, loads of weird setups that wouldn't ever happen uh, that kind of just come out of nowhere. Like the universe, like, bends itself to allow the musical stuff to happen. And in this, what we get is all of the stuff is plausible. So all of the random things that happen during the songs are totally plausible. (laughs) Like, for instance, with uh, Lan's song, with, with, with Lan's song, it's basically like she imagines herself in bed and Kirk coming along. It's not, it's her walking around her room and nothing major happening. It's not like things exploding or her firing out into space or sort of like grand. grand Doing a layer. Stuff. <laughs> and yeah, ooh, this, oh. that film. Oh, uh, it should have been oh, the last Jedi. The last film to be in. Oh. Um, but anyway, the. But no, but and that's exactly it. And I think that adds to it. I think that makes it amazing that like they kind of went, how can we make this but still keep it Star Trek? So all of the special effects that special effects that happen are plausible Trek stuff, which I think is wonderful. You know? Yeah, because after after Laan's song, she's in the turbo lift with Pike, and she she basically makes the assumption that there is a there is an inherent security risk with everyone breaking into song because everyone is singing when they are emotionally charged. Well, well, this thing, basically, Lan has this full song. It's absolutely beautiful. You need to watch it. Uh, But it ends on a very tearful note. It ends on a wonderful... One of my favourite things ever in musicals is when the last line of the song is spoken, is not sung. When it's spoken, where it just, you know... You know, you get a lot in stuff, you know, in emotional musicals, but it's like, I think it's lovely because it adds this poignant moment to the end of the song. And that's what we get with Lan. And then immediately, once we hit Lan in this very vulnerable position, we immediately cut to her back in business, back with her security face on, telling Pike exactly how dangerous this is. Because if people are singing about all of their emotions and giving away security information and talking about personal things that they'd never say to anyone, that's a security risk. Like, what if the enemy find out? What if, like, Starfleet, like, you know, officers start, like, blabbing security details? And and Pike is brilliant because Pike's just like, okay, not going to read into this too much about what's blatantly happened to you, but, you know, like... Uh, you know, I don't think this is going to be a problem. You know, like this is quintessential you know, song. You know, th- this is quintessential. I am really ready for a vacation, Pike. <laughs> yeah, where he's he's, he's he's like he's like he's he's caring. He is passionate. He he is very committed to his crew, but also at the same time, he's like, I need a week just <laughs> yeah. to go fishing, drink whiskey, and just be away. 
from all of this. And I'm like, well, that's the thing. And what we got at the beginning is him on a call with his girlfriend about like the the vacation they're gonna share together. And she's like, I want to go to this big. It's like a party planet or something. It's it's to go it's to, not it? quite riser, but it's like I want to go to this tropical planet, and it's got beaches, and it's got this, and it's got this, and we can do yeah. this and do this. And he's just like, and he's like, I, I want to go to a cabin and relax. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be isolated, light years away from civilization. And I'm like, oh, God, I so get it. And it's yeah. So between Battelle and Pike, there is this. Uh, again, there is this tension because. Pike's sort of like, yay, but unconvincingly. And Patel's just like, yeah, I can sort of sense something here. Yeah, like, I mean, but that's the thing. So basically, uh, but we also get, have, have we gone past, again, he's, have we gone past chapel yet with the, the message? Uh, yeah, I think we have. I think it was, yeah. Well, basically we have this scene in the lift. Uh, I don't know the order of it, but basically it's essentially... Lon telling Pike it could be a security risk and it could be dangerous, and Pike going, no, it's not going to be a problem, just fix it kind of thing. But then we get a scene in the infirmary where it's basically Uhura, Umbenga, and Nurse Chapel, and Chapel has finally received the the reply for her application to, what is it? She is applying for a fellowship uh, with a uh, well-renowned, with a well-renowned, I, I want to say Barton, but forgive mm. me if that's wrong. If you know in the live chat or you know in the comments below, please let me know. But it is, it is canon. This gentleman is canon because mm. we find out uh, in the original series, this is who Nurse Chapel marries. Mm. And sort of is married to but there's a whole estranged <laughs> thing going on mm. um but she has applied for this fellowship it's much better than the vulcan science academy yeah, it's it's, fuck them. it's yeah, fuck them bloody tories <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> well no no vulcans are logical they're not tories okay um <laughs> Ooh, what are twats. they twats they're basically yes, vulcan twats bloody <laughs> lib dems so they are <laughs> Sorry, no offense, Lib Dems. Don't worry, they're not getting in. My grandfather was um, a Lib Dem and then he died. So the um <laughs> So what's the lesson we learned from that one, right? Never trust Nick <laughs> Clegg. So the uh she finds out that she has been accepted for this fellowship. The fellowship is three months. This is this is the old end of series trope. Which yeah, I, I am. I, am I, I was like, oh, are we going to lose Nurse Chapel for a couple of episodes? Then I realised it's the end of the series. I'm like, oh, they're doing the bloody trope. I I was so, and I mean, this this is me, right? This this is me. I am happy to see this back in Star Trek because, and I'll tell you why. Because this is a trope where a series crew and showrunners and already know that they've got a season three. They're guaranteed so that the foot is off the gas, they can relax and they can sort of go, let's plant the seeds in advance in season two to mm. say, hey, she's going away for three months. He's doing this. She's doing that. Yeah. And I love that because you had that in previous Star Trek. You had this, you know, where it's like, oh, well, you know, Crush has gone to Starfleet Medical for a year, <laughs> you know, yeah. because but she was... Forever, but yeah, but forever. Be... But then it's like... I love this because it shows that the series has got confidence from the studio 
where they're like, yeah, you're, you're already going to get a season three and you're possibly going to get a season four. Right, let's plan for that. Let's do that. Let's do that. So I, I like that because I don't think we've had it. Uh, I think we've had it in lower decks uh, and we, we didn't really have it in Picard and we barely had it in Discovery. Mm. So it's it's sort of, it's ref- although it's an old trope where it's like, oh, that's how they're going to just, but it's like, it's refreshing. I, I just like that. it though. We're gonna get season three, and it's gonna start with Chapel coming back from the fellowship, and we don't miss her for an episode. Because I thought it was a good opportunity for them to kind of for Chapel just not to be in for a couple of episodes. But no, they're gonna tie it in with the end of the series. Yeah, but, um, yeah, and it, I think it's really good news for her because what we realized in the episode where she got rejected by the Vulcan Academy was basically how good she is, like how good she is as a nurse. And therefore this is this wonderful, well-needed validation, I think, for her. But obviously the question is, she's in a relationship with Spock and they're going through a trying time because basically he's struggling with displaying emotions and being clingy as fuck. And she's basically going, hey, this was a crush and it's kind of not working out very well. Stop being a simp. Yeah, that's it. Stop <laughs> simping. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and obviously it's yeah. So it causes a it causes a problem. And basically the the scene ends with her basically just going, "Oh, how do I tell Spock? Like, yeah, how am I going to tell this? Because she's so happy, but then it's tempered with she doesn't oh, realize, and then she realizes, oh shit, yeah. I need to tell this person who I have pined for for nearly two years." And that yeah, we are just and, starting to do something, and it's like, oh. And we kind of get a resolution to it early, uh, later, which I think is brilliant. But it's, mm. yeah, it's it, it's a great little scene, I think. But it's, um, I also like that in I've forgotten the scene. It's one of the next scenes. We actually have them talking about how how they can stop the effect, and they mention the Heisenberg compensator, and. It's nuts that they mention it in this episode when last week we we theorized it where you you mentioned that it actually existed, but I do, who don't know the technology was just like oh there needs to be some kind of thing that will, you know, negate the Heisenberg you know like problem. Yeah, because that, that's you that's... mentioned that there was one, and then we immediately get it referenced in this episode. That's that's the theory. Sorry, guys, I have got something in my eye, and if anyone says eyeball, is it I swear. Yes, it is. No, it's oh, <laughs> ow. Um, they they theorize that if they tie in systems with the Heisenberg compensator, because uh, this is what Kirk and Una have, have been working on, that they can repel from the rift. They try it; it don't work. <laughs> it, it, it make it boom, boom. it make it worse because what <laughs> happens is what we realize as we mentioned at the beginning the subspace rift can enhance communications and make everything instantaneous what has happened is by them resonating with the subspace rift with the deflector dish they have mm-hmm. actually broadcast the shockwave throughout the federation and cling on space because where this rift is located it's on the border so it's like there's a border line there's a neutral mm. zone at this point there's a border line and then uh this is where the rift so it sort of goes out obviously it goes outwards in a circle and it's affected starfleet and all the ships in communications range all the way through the alpha quadrant and the klingon empire which we don't know yet but what we have in the next scene is we basically have it where Pike, Pike gets a call 
they they get a get a call from the ship that his girlfriend is on. Uh, yes, because he's yes. like it never rains but it pours. Because yeah. Kyuga's walked in, he's just like this could not get worse. I I and love she... the fact that she is the captain of a Constitution class starship, which are like the preem of the line, and she's yeah. like divert this fucking tub to the Enterprise because I want to get into his fucking DMs and have a chinwag <laughs> with him. And I'm like, jeez, yeah. can you imagine? Right, yes, we're on this very important scientific mission to study gaseous anomalies. No! Yeah. I want to have a word with Chris and I want to have a word. No. He's left me unread on WhatsApp or Space WhatsApp. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm going, and then the Cayuga warps in and he's like, oh, it never, it, Cayuga, yeah, yeah, never rains, but it pours. And he and Pike's just like, put it on screen. It's like the Captain Battles wanted to speak, and he's like, put it on screen, and then it just bursts into song. Yeah, I, I just love the idea that he's just like, okay, what we'll do? Put it on screen. I don't need to take it privately. And then she starts, effectively, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, look, we need to talk. And then it starts rhyming, and then she becomes aware that what she's saying is rhyming, and then it goes into a full-on song. And it becomes this duet between the two of them about their problems and about Pike running away from responsibility and not wanting to actually make relationship uh, things. And the chorus being that they are very aware that this is a private conversation and that they're sharing it with everyone, which is exactly what Lalan tried to warn Pike about. And then Lalan the La just quite calmly just walks yeah, over well, to the communication well, station. Well, no, no, hold on. While they're doing it, while Pike's doing it, he starts getting very dramatic. Oh, he does! He goes down on one knee. He's about, he's literally about to sort of like talk about very personal things to everyone on the bridge. And, it, you know, it's about to get very dramatic. And Lan just walks behind him, turns it, turns the communication off, and it breaks the spell. And he's immediately just like, I, I'm sorry you had to hear all of that. You know, like, and it's, it's quite good because it's exactly this is why I think I'd like to hear the full soundtrack. Oh, God. It's, it's just what Buffy does with uh, Tara's song, where it starts getting very erotic at the end of the song and then immediately hard cuts to another scene going, hmm, well, <laughs> moving do on. You know what it, do you know what it reminds me of? <laughs> uh, in Next Generation, where Picard had to quote Shakespeare to Loxana. Oh, on wow, the bridge, yeah. where he's like, "Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Tis better to have loved than lost than to never have loved at all." And then at the end, he just turns <laughs> around. He's just like, <clears throat> and he just yeah. And <laughs> that's Picard how maneuver. yeah the Picard maneuver. Luckily, you don't have to do that anymore. But um, <laughs> new uniform on the way, guys. Sneak peek, maybe later. Okay. But um, yeah, and he he he's very Picard in this moment because he gets up off his knees. And he's just like, he's just looking and he's just like, <clears throat> like that. and he's just like, he yeah. becomes the captain yeah. again. Very embarrassed. Yeah. And obviously, Lan's, Lan's like, yeah, tried to warn you about but that. But this is when we, this is where we hear Anson Mount's ten, natural Tennessee accent come in because yeah. the way Mount sings, he sings with a country twang. So it's, it's, it's very. It's it's kind very of, it's, country, it's, very bluegrass. It's things where, like, I think what we see is we see a lot of the actors. We have a lot of different song styles in this, so I don't know if it's the actors playing to the song style or if that's actually how they sing or if the songs were done for them. I think it's because playing to the strings. What we have yeah. is, 
in in pre in other songs when we hear Pike sing, he doesn't have the Tennessee twang. But then in this song, he very much does. So I'm wondering if maybe he put it on for this or he let it out for this, but then it doesn't occur in the other stuff. The same way that Una sings very, very music hall for her numbers, but then obviously her character's obsessed with Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. Whereas in the group numbers, she tends to be a bit more straightforward, you know, yes. <laughs> like, and it, and it is, but but it's a testament to like how good they are as singers, I think. But yeah. but it it's a very good scene. It's a very uh, funny scene. But it basically, it basically obviously Pike's first thing is why was she singing when she's not even near the rift, like she's not even on the ship. Yes. And yes. they point out that actually what this has done is this has actually changed reality. It has actually spread around like through the whole quadrant, through all of the ships, everyone in their communication network has been hit by this. So we have a lot of other ships yes. in the fleet that have started singing. Be because the... also suspicion that it's hit the Klingon Empire Be as well. Because they they posturize that multiverse <sighs> They they posturize that this subspace rift is it's bleeding other realities in, and one of them has been a reality where everyone communicates via the method of musicals, wherein uh, they can talk normally, but when emotions are charged, mm. and when people get emotional, music starts to overcome them. They hear a melody and then they start to sing. But this is what they theorize. They're having a group chat about it, and basically, like they point out that what triggers these incidents, and it's basically high emotion. Yeah. Moments of high emotion will lead to song. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it's absolutely heavy. I I have to say though, like, kind of props to them, but at the same time, that's a silly idea. Like, even it's stretching Trek science. I to don't its think... limits, basically going, hey, okay, so we've we've created a reality where everyone sings in musicals, and that's bled through to our one. It is the most plot device, <laughs> you know, but, like sort of thing ever. But, and I'm here for it, but at the same time, you know, Buffy was easier because it's like, oh, there's a demon who makes everyone sing and dance. Okay, uh, you know, our universe allows that. Whereas this one is very much like, we need a musical episode. What, what fucking excuse can we have a musical episode? Hear, hear me out on this. In in the multiverse theory, um, it is basically any reality that you can absolutely conceive is possible in the multiverses. There is an infinite, um, there is an infinite number of uh, universes. Mm. Uh, so, the, the the basic theory for the, for those that don't know is. If you are at a crossroads and you go left, there is another universe where you went right or you turned back. So mm. there's, you know, that's three different universes where that decision is made. And obviously, think of it as a as a a very big branching tree, mm. and that's just one person. So can you imagine trillions, you know, quintillion multiverses that possibly happen yeah. and what they basically say is and they, they, they say this in the big bang theory where you know they oh they, they there could be a universe where sheldon there's you know it's run by clown sheldon um Ooh. and then there's stuff like that but it's sort of like yeah what if there is a universe where um when people get emotionally charged uh they break into song and it's like 
Yeah, and thus by even theorizing that, it's possibly created a universe where that. Do you see what I mean? It's it's very yeah. it's pie in it, the sky. It is possible, but it is so obscure. Like it's the idea very obscure. The, the coincidence that is required for them to put song into the this thing. You can explain it, but I like the idea that they just went. We need a musical episode. There, okay. you know, like, there may I be there may be a universe where where we as a civilization adopted Star Trek and all of its principles and we pushed for a better humanity and pushed forward into the uh, the system and the galaxy and started exploring as one people and living peacefully. Wouldn't that be nice? Or, or even crazier, like this is less, less likely than that, uh, Britain could be uh, run by people who know what they're doing and we might not be as much in debt. Or a universe with no Tories. <laughs> a universe with no Tories. To be fair, though, we need we need them as a life lesson of how not to be. But <laughs> fuck the Tories. Uh, yes. But yeah, what's the next scene that happens? Um, I don't know. Yeah, hold on. Let's check the thing. We we missed also that we get a little wonderful scene between Kirk and Spock. And uh, no, Kirk Kirk and his brother Sam. And oh, basically just them yes. having a spat together while they're fixing the thing. Yes, where uh, Kirk sort of asks Sam, no, no, sorry, Sam asks Kirk, or asks to be part of Kirk's team to work mm. on the Heisenberg compensator to adjust the deflector dish, and Kirk's like, why are you even here? You're a xenoanthropologist. <laughs> like, what He's is like, this? I, I can help with stuff. Yeah, I can help, it's my ship. It's uh, a constant spat between the two of them, that they just do not get on. I will say... We find out why in the Lower Decks episode. But, but, but uh... did you did you see the little bit later on with Sam Kirk in the background just going? I love it. Um, Sam Kirk is the gay energy I need in my life. Like, even if the character isn't gay, even if the actor isn't gay, he just plays the whole thing so gay best mate. Is it the moustache? I, I, it's just his attitude, like the way he acts and stuff. It's ca- it's high camp, and I'm absolutely here for it. It is so wonderful. Brilliant. Reminds me, there's a very, 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 very good gay comedian called Matteo Lane, who's like an American Italian, and it's the same energy he has. A same moustache, but it's that very much kind of. We're not talking femme. We're just talking sort of like a bit <laughs> flouncy, uh, and it's just <laughs> wonderful. But um. But yeah, what we have, though, is after they've theorised about what the hell could be happening, uh, we get it where Una takes Lana's side, basically just talking about, hey, so what's between you and Kirk? Like, yeah. effectively. And then we get Lana kind of opening up a little bit by basically just saying that she might have feelings for him, but she doesn't know how to talk about it. And then we get... And then it, we get Una breaking into a beautiful song. And I love this scene because the music starts up. Oh, yes. And they're looking at each other in Una's quarters. And you don't know who's going to sing. Like, And it, it plays it out for a fair bit. And you're not sure if it's going to be Lan singing again. You don't know if it's Una going to be singing. But then it's a wonderful little song. Really, It's a really clever song, effectively, about how Una used to keep every everything to herself. She used to be incredibly secretive. Which until we know. she learned how to open up. Yeah. Until she learned how to open up and how life is so much better now. Like it's it's a beautiful little song. And this is one of these vignette ones where it doesn't even it doesn't have a chorus. It's literally no. just I'd say it was like a verse 
a bridge and then a little bit more verse and that's it you know and it feels like there's a much bigger song that could be done here but it does exactly what it wants it basically it's a wonderful little story like the 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 thing is the first song in this is the only song where it's not really emotionally charged Mm -hmm. and then all the other songs are this is how this character's feeling this is a wonderful amount of exposition and background on this particular character and this is just beautiful because it it effectively ends with una saying hey i learned how to keep secrets amazingly and i wish i hadn't i wish i hadn't have done that stupid coping mechanism and I had just been brave enough to open up to people because my life is so much better now. Yes, but that is... It's something that I sympathize with because I'm exactly like that. I used to be very in my own shell and now I'm just like, I'll say anything to anyone because I know that them knowing me doesn't make me less or doesn't weaken me. This you is... Know, and the, but but the fact is, that is a heavy emotional maturity and it's something that Lan doesn't have yet. But but this this so the, two things about this. Um, I just call myself emotionally mature. Fucking hell. <laughs> Tits. Today so, we learned how to lie on podcasts. So two things I will say. I I wholeheartedly agree because before I did nerdy up north, I was very shut in. I know. Before <laughs> Surprise. the tips. Before yeah. the tips. Before the tips. Yeah. Pre tip. PT. Um, <laughs> Pre tip sounds weird. PT. So uh, yeah. Before the tip, uh, just before the full shaft, the uh, <laughs> get in. I did it. Um, well, we all know what Sonoy's does on a night. He's a spitter. So the <laughs> you're gonna make me spit, Christ! I just have to swallow all of that. <laughs> Oof! Someone clipped that. So Oof. I just had to swallow all of that. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, papa. Oh, hey, I tell you. So, um, yes. So, before I joined Nerdy Up North, I was I was very uh, closed in. I didn't open. I people knew I was a Trekkie, but I wasn't very just like, yes, I love Star Trek. And this is hold and, on. This is you going into Tara song. Yeah. I lived my life in shadow, never the sun on my face. <laughs> I did anyway, not sorry. share my love of Star Trek with other people. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was very, uh, I was very closeted. I was very shy. I was very anxious. I had, I, I mean, I crushing social anxiety, uh, mm. and I still do. But when you sort of go, hey, this is me. This is what I like. This is what I do. And then you you find that people are like, yeah, you're you're sort of all right. You're not as Mm. much of a dick as you think you are. And I mean, I know that's me being big headed, but it's sort of it's a wave of it's a wave of emotion. And it's a massive weight off your shoulders to be like. Wow, I I have sort of got a license to be myself, and I can express myself, and yeah. I can sort of be like, yeah, we can do this show where we talk about this thing that we love so much, and look at what it's done for us. It's like we've built relationships with people all over the 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 world, quite literally all over the world, and it's sort of I like when you me. when you break down those those 
inhibitions that you have in yourself and you let yourself go and be yourself, wonderful things can happen. And very much with Una, the reason why she says that was because obviously she was an Illyrian. She kept it secret for decades. And then when she just sort of went, I'm an Illyrian, I'm turning myself in. And she sort of taken that weight off herself. Mm. There's a whole new life there for her. She feels accepted and she feels that she can finally be the person that she always was always meant mm. to be. And it's a, it's a wonderful song. Um, Goodwill isn't that as much of an arsehole as he thinks. Let's not go wild here, Peter. Yeah, let's let's, <laughs> but, let's not like count all the it's, eggs. It's exactly it's exactly that though. It's the it's the fact of if you're not showing the true you, how are you going to get validation for the true you? How like, yeah? How can you be happy knows, within yourself? Yeah, if, if you know, because the fact is, if you if what you need is to know that you're not a dickhead, if you need to know that what you like isn't bad, how are you gonna find that out? If you don't trust your own opinion yeah. and you're not trusting other people to give you an opinion, like if you're holding your true self back, then how are you ever going to find out that it's, you know, what you enjoy or it's what other people enjoy? It's the whole thing. It's you have to take a risk. You have to take you a do. jump, you know, with things. And then you realize how it is. I mean, you know, you've taken a jump, Goodwill, and we've all realized that you're a horrible bastard, but it's correct. <laughs> But no, but I I think this is the crazy thing though. The fact of you know you're so insecure about stuff, and then everyone's just like, "Oh, Goodwill's so good. Like he's he's such a laugh kind of thing, and he's always he's always so good to get on shows and stuff." And but, it's this idea of just like they wouldn't be like that if you weren't, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's sort of and well, you wouldn't have known unless you'd been able to come out your shell. But then you realize. Exactly what Lan has. But 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 then you realize. When you do come out of your shell, when you when you do, um, when when you become yourself, you realize everyone else feels the same way in some way or another. Where they think, "Oh, I'm a bit of a decade. I feel like I I'm controlling. I feel like that. You know, I talk too much. I feel like that. I am not a good." Uh, you know, I'm not good at my job, I'm not good at singing, I'm not good at music, I'm not good at gaming or anything like that. And he just like, you fucking are. But you need to let people see the real you for them to go, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's very surreal for me to be in a position, if I look at my life, Christ, two years ago, and compare it to how it is now, Preview like two years ago, me or three years ago, me would be like, "Holy shit!" Like what? Like pre three years ago, me would probably murder present day me because he'd be like, "You're on video, and you are talking about Star Trek to people around the world. You're on mute, so noise. Oh, you you're very quiet. Good. Uh, oh, while I'm not on mute, fuck the Tories. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, exactly that. It's the fact of you know just like. You know, because this is the whole thing, though. Like I keep saying, bullies are just really insecure people. Like, and it's that whole thing of the people who look at other people and go, oh, you shouldn't be like that. Or, you know, oh, well, you shouldn't talk about your feelings. Or, oh, you shouldn't be into this or you shouldn't be into that. Mm. They are the people who are so insecure for exactly the same reason that mm -hmm. we keep in our shells. Because everyone is suffering the same problem. And that's what... 
that's what crushing modern society does mm. where it just goes hey don't talk about your problems uh because people might think you're weak have you and tried not like, being sad yeah but hey, have you tried just not being unhappy yeah which is very useful just advice. don't but, be depressed but exactly that and it's the sort of thing of obviously when you're in a bad place you reach out and you attack other people or you try to bring other people down rather than pulling yourself up you try to bring people down so that everyone's unhappy so that you're not the odd one out rather than taking a jump and you know embracing your potential and obviously it's great that that's what you've done goodwill mm-hmm. but um but speaking of which though uh we have that we have a scene between uh i think it's una spock and pike basically about oh you know that what is it they they think they've got a solution where they're going to try and blow up the they're going to try and like blow up blow the rift shut there's there's there's, there's two possible plans um one is uh shoot at it which kirk obviously takes the lead on um <laughs> and then the other one is a more uh scientific approach where it's like hey can we shoot it. C- yeah can we can <laughs> we either can we can we is it essentially send some use a harmonic frequency to sort of collapse it to shatter it yeah um so kirk and laan do the shooty shooty well plan. well what they do is kirk and laan go out to collect particles that then spock can try detonating to see if that solution will actually work so Kirk and Lan decide to work together, and that's kind of what caused the conversation between Lan and Una, basically, you know, her and Kirk. And basically, they get these particles, they send them through to the air, to uh, Spock, and then uh, as Lan goes, oh, well, now that's done, and now that I've got you alone, I'd like to talk about my feelings with you. Like, she starts opening up to Kirk, and then immediately there's an explosion where Spock has tried the experiment... <laughs> Off screen, consequences. Off screen, but it basically explodes. Another um, lab ruined. Yeah, that's another lab. How yeah. many labs is he going to go through this bloody season? And then, yeah, and then basically, uh, yeah, and then uh, Lan just goes, "Oh, um, what was that?" And you know, the moment is broken. Uh, and then we go back to the bridge, and we basically have Spock explaining that they can't do the explosion thing because it will wipe out everyone who has been in touch with the anomaly. So basically everyone who is infected for wor- for a better for want of a better word uh with the singing thing will just be destroyed. Yeah, it would take out the <laughs> it would take out the entire federation and half the Klingon empire. Yeah, he basically likens it to pouring kerosene on everything and lighting a match. And you're yeah. like, okay, that's a pretty astute... Uh, thank you, Spock. You know, like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you for dumbing it down for me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but it is, it but is then absolutely we... weird. But then what we have is him him kind of opening up to a horror about his feelings because she asks him, she asks him, like, why he's so bothered about Nurse Chapel. Is there something going on there? Yeah. And he admits that they are more than friends and they have been trying to date. But well, well just before that... He's had problems communicating. Yeah, just, just before that, he asks Uhura because he sees a message from the, oh, yeah. the Fellowship organisers to Chapel. 
So he wants to know if it was accepted, and her is like, I'm not going to delve into personal correspondence. Yeah, he does very much what we saw in the last episode. He, he of, tries to breach GDPR. Yes. Yeah, where he's basically trying to muscle in. He's trying to be clingy boyfriend, where he's just going, oh, if I read her mail, then I can find out about her and like be a good boyfriend to her and stuff. And obviously Uhura is just like, okay, why would you want to do that? Oh, you're going out with her. Yeah. And they have this conversation, and then he points out that they're, it's not going well effectively because he is too emotional and he feels too much because he's part Vulcan. And obviously everything Vulcans is massively magnified, mm. but then he's human where the whole point of being human is to be emotional. So he's in this weird zone where he's been trying to be emotional and he's failed at it, basically. Um, but then, yeah, so what they do is they go through to, what's it called, the mess hall? I forgot what they keep calling oh, it. Oh, I think, I think they just call it a bar, if I'm honest. Yeah, they, it's got a yeah. special name in it, but it's not mess hall, it's not bar, it's something else. But yeah, um, but yeah, but basically they go in there. Who happens to be there? But Chapel, uh, Chapel, who's celebrating? Sam, yeah, and uh, who else is there? Chapel, Sam, is it Lan? Uh, Chapel, Sam, Lan. Um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. And obviously, background. The three of them. Yeah, and they're celebrating. They're basically Spock walks in and they're toasting her on her success and getting accepted into the fellowship. And she hasn't told him. And no. he's meant to be her boyfriend. And obviously this immediately hits Spock. And Spock is just like, oh, um, I, I presume that you are to you are celebrating because you got an acceptance. But why you didn't tell me about this makes me think that you either forgot about me or you deliberately didn't want to tell me. Yeah. And does the whole passive aggressive, you know hey, let's talk about stuff when you don't want to, which is exactly the problem that they had in the last episode. He's being, he's being a bitch. He's being clingy. And it's, but then again, though, I think who hasn't had a first relationship where they didn't have a clue how to navigate it? And that's exactly what this does, where his relationship with uh, T'Pring was far was far more logical and Vulcan and probably easier to navigate than this. Mm. This feels very much like uh, your first teenage romance where you have no idea what you're meant to say, you have no idea what you're meant to do, and you mm. feel on constant tenderhooks or constant walking on glass. And I think it does a great job of conveying this with Spock despite him being a fully grown man <laughs> you know, and probably yeah. be how old is he like 60 at this point or something no no he's only uh is he actually 30 young? he's only 33 35 wow, okay i oh actually yeah his mum's still alive isn't she yeah 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 he's he's kirk and spock were born around the same time i think spock's slightly older but this is when spock is in his early to mid 30s so Ethan Peck is 35 in real mm. life. And I think Spock in the original series, he was obviously, he was slightly older, but they reckon He's a lot older because I remember they talk about it. They were yeah. just like sort of, oh, how old are you, Spock? And he's like, you know. No, that was to Paul. It was a joke, isn't it? That, that was to Paul. 
because oh, right. in Enterprise, she's 120 or something. No, she's she's 66, and I, and there's a scene where I'm like failing at Star Trek facts this there's, week. <laughs> there's a sorry guys. There, there's a there's a scene in Enterprise where Trip goes, how old? You know, so he basically asks her age, and he's like, "You should never ask a Vulcan it's her age." Um, <laughs> and she's you know she just says she's 66, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And she she explains that obviously Vulcans age have a longer lifespan and they age yeah. slower with you know their diet and meditation and everything like that uh in this spock is is young he's he's only 30 like 33 35 in this and they they reckon that from star trek online on woods to, to obviously have a younger um spock but uh yeah he, he is fairly young and this is obviously his second relationship but first emotional relationship that he's had and he's just doing everything right goodwill looks yeah. like he's being told off what do i look like i'm being told off uh, no it's just paul, <laughs> paul reading the room i'll drink a martini okay. to that yeah but uh, i think it's a martini speaking but yeah so so what we get in the preamble to this scene is uh spock being very emotional and Chapel being put on the spot, effectively. Like Chapel, basically, she's gone from celebrating to, oh, here's the uh, confrontation that I was putting off. Like, I, yeah. I wasn't telling Spock because I don't know how I feel about this. And I don't know what this acceptance means for our relationship. And naturally, she breaks into song. And we get a lovely is. little song by Jez Bush, which is... And and this this is what I was going to say about the previous one is that some of the songs don't feel full. They don't feel like the full one. The only one we've had so far, which is Lan's song, that feels very much like a single. It has verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, 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 and it is absolutely amazing. And then the other ones have felt like snippets of bigger songs. This is another like full song that we get, and it's a it's a more modern song, I think. I and you know I really like it, and it's effectively. It's not about, and and it's very telling about what it's not about. Well, this whole song is about how happy she is to be accepted into the fellowship. I I should say I should say before we we, we yeah. do go on, the reason so the reason why we get to this bar scene is because Uhura and Spock are conducting scans because what they need to do they need to realize if there is a pattern oh, yeah. in the songs is if there is a, a similar harmonic if there is a pattern at all in these songs so they can replicate it in order to destabilize the subsurface rift and close it so they so go they into need the to bar be there with a recording device when an actual song breaks out yeah. so that they can see what actually changes in like the world and it breaks and out. Yeah, and yeah. they basically just go, well, how are we going? How are we going to guarantee an emotional event where a song gets uh, done? And then Ahura looks sideways and notices the chapels in the bar celebrating. Yeah. Then looks to Spock and then just goes, "That'll do it." Yeah. And then immediately they go into the bar because Ahura knows that there's going to be an incident between. It's going to get uh, spicy. Chapel. And yeah, and it's quite good because as uh, Chapel's song is going on. Uhura's just got a little recording device and she's looking around, but she's also checking her pad. But it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful like uh, song, this, because the whole point is you would expect her to be singing about Spock and how she feels about Spock, and she hasn't put a second fucking thought to him. No. The only thing in her mind is this fellowship. 
how it means, how it means to be accepted by her peers, how it means to know that she beat everyone to this and what an amazing opportunity it's going to be for her life. And that's what the song is about. And at the end, there's an afterthought to Spock of, I guess, what is it? And if I have to leave you, yeah, that's fine. You know, yeah. and, and it's this idea and, and it's wonderfully done. This is a wonderful way to tell a narrative of effectively just going, yeah, the fact that she's not singing about him says everything about their relationship. Yeah, because he just walks out, right? He says nothing and he just walks out of the bar right yeah. at the end. Now, what I will say about the song, it's very good, but I do think that uh, Jez Bush, mm-hmm. Jess, Jess. Jess Bush, I think she's got a fairly weak voice. Like she does a very, very good job, but it's very flat in places. And it's, and it feels a bit weird that they gave such a big song to her. Mm. It's still fantastic. But you know, what we've got to realize is this isn't live. This is in a studio and that's the best take they had for some of this. And it makes me go a bit like, okay. But you know, like, because we had it in Buffy where we had a couple of people where you were like, okay, right. Okay. That's, that's the best they could do in the studio, okay? But, but you know, it's it's an incredibly good song, and she is so enigmatic. She is so wonderful to look at throughout this whole thing. And and this is our first really group number, effectively, where she's walking around the bar singing. All the people in the bar are like sort of lifting her up and dancing around her, and then uh, Sam and Uhura and Lana giving backing vocals and stuff. And it's 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 the first group number we've had effectively i think we had an ensemble number at the start but this is basically a diva number a choreographed number as well to to a certain extent where it's like a multi it's 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 multi-choreographed number but this is this is what i was saying earlier about how this is kind of believable in a way where it doesn't really have big explosions and stuff happening but effectively it has the people in the room magically know how to coordinate and know what to do <laughs> you know like yeah. they all know the dance moves they all know how to do that and that's like as far as you stretch uh oh what's it called when you um you know uh suspend disbelief you know <laughs> enough yeah, yeah 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 um what was the next scene was the next scene kirk and la'an i think it is i think it's basically like after that hold on i say i've got the episode open we are we are we are doing it on the fly literally because i really want to talk about this scene um because it's not even a musical scene either but it is very poignant to the episode and star trek as a whole and i think it's great that this wasn't a scene and and i i think and this also once again this talks about how clever the episode is where this is basically lan going i need to speak to kirk and that's what she does they basically uh brings him up and just goes, hey, before this turns into a song and I say stuff the way I don't want to be saying it, I'm going to tell you this. And I think that's great because it's basically Lan's whole character is that she has to be in control of everything. And that's what she's doing here. She's basically making sure that she controls the scenario so that she feels comfortable rather than letting the music get to her. But it's a... 
I, you know, we've all, I, I'd like to say we've all had this. I know I've had this a lot, but it's the fact of she finally comes clean. She finally, she breaks the rules and tells him about the temporal incident that she was involved well, with. Well, I, I, I should say the, the reason why they are together because the Klingons who have detected this anomaly and detected oh, shit, what's yeah, going on are on their way and they are not happy. They have already spoken. The no, captain no, of the ship... Basically, the Klingons don't say anything, but they say, we're going to sort that anomaly out, which basically suggests that the Klingons have had a couple of group numbers themselves. Yeah, <laughs> so... And, and and I will get to the Klingon captain later on. Um, the... I, I have to say, though, I love it. I love it. The, the, this is the first time we get a Klingon thing, because we got a Klingon in, like, last week's episode. But uh, this is wonderful, seeing a Klingon ship. So we get to see a wonderful, the bridge of a Klingon ship. The Klingons... Ah, don't, like don't spoil it, don't spoil it, don't spoil it. They look like they do on TNG, and they've got... Um, they're obviously, they've got, like, gold armour, which is a bit more flashy yeah. than we're used to. As it's stuff. going across the law there. it's great to see it. Oh, yeah, we do. Wait, we see them where they've got, like, a group... They, they've got, like, sort of the gold outfits on and stuff, yeah. which is very bling. The, the actual Klingon the Klingons, of, yeah. Yeah, it's a callback to TNG. These are the Klingons that we know and love, you know, yeah. and... I, I just thought it was wonderful. And the way he acts, I was getting full on Martok vibes. And absolutely, maybe it's the eye patch, but I absolutely. I thought it. it was the eye patch, yeah. So they, Kirk and Laan are trying to devise a plan to take out the Klingons before the Klingons warp in and blow up the subspace rift. So if we, they do, as Spock pointed out, if you if you fire on the rift, it's going to kill everyone. Yeah. So the this is how Laan gets Kirk alone. And she finally admits, like, like Sanoise has said, she admits that she knew a version of Kirk. She basically breaks the temporal directives, yeah. uh, the, the, the the rules. Uh, admits yeah. to Kirk that she knew a different version. He's no longer there. Um, but she opened up to that Kirk and she was hoping that, she, you know, she could open up to him and that he, you know, it's, I know it's not her version of Kirk, but she was hoping that... He, might be something there shall we say he openly admits he's like you know i feel i feel like there is something here i feel like that there is a connection however and this is the bombshell of the episode however i am sort of in an on-off relationship and at the moment it's on and i think you would uh like carol if you met her for the trekkies carol marcus from the Wrath of Khan. Carol is pregnant. Oof. With Which David. Is scary. That's David from the Wrath yeah. of Khan. Now I love this. I, I love that they, they got the timeline right. I love that the sort of like, how do we get out with this Kirk Laan situation? Well, at this time he would be dating or doing something with Carol Marcus. And this is around about the time David would be born. Bang plug it straight in and i love that because it's sort mm. of like it's it's a it's a way for for kirk to not be there all the time in strange new worlds and take away from pike and everything like that and it's sort of like it pleases fandoms where it's like oh well he'd be with carol marcus because yeah. they've got a child and, and it sort of ties it up rather neatly in a bow and he's like i feel a connection however this on-off relationship is on and she is pregnant and that's all. That's all we get from it. And she and and Lahan is is devastated. You can see on her face that she is 
absolutely devastated. Although she tries to hide it, she's devastated. We this, this is the thing. I mean, and and this is the life lesson in there, where to the fact of you have to open up. You have to open up. You have to be yourself, but you're gonna get burned, and that's yeah. being human. And that's exactly, it's the same moral that we get, we hear throughout Buffy, it's the same moral we have here, which is the idea of, you have to open yourself up, but you have to also be prepared for failure. And it's horrible, like, after her, because, you know, this is the thing, it's like, it's a bit like my my dad, okay, because my dad is one of those people who, if they have a medical problem, they won't go to the doctors. Because if they go to the doctors, the doctor's going to tell them there's something wrong with them. And they yeah. kind of believe in this kind of Schrodinger's medical condition yeah. where basically if no one diagnoses it, you don't have it. And, you know, where you're just going, no, 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 that doesn't, just because the doctor hasn't picked up on it doesn't mean it's not there, you know. And he's always like this. Like, he's very much kind of like, oh, my leg hurts, but I won't go and see anyone about it. And it kind of feels like a lot of people are like, oh, well, if I don't take a risk or if I don't tell someone how I'm feeling, then it'll resolve itself. And you're like, no, 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 it's like it's never going to you know, go away. And I think obviously my my thing now, because obviously as an anxious person, it does me the world of good to go. Oh, this is something I'm worried about now. Best deal with it now, then before I dwell on it too much. The same way I'm with emotions, where I tend to be very confrontational now because I know that if I sit in it too long, it's going to like upset me. And but yeah, but what we see here with Lan is, yeah, she she took the plunge. And it didn't work out in the most horrible way as yeah, well. Devastating obviously, like, way. I've had it. I've had it before where, like, you know, you've had like crushes on people, and then as soon as you find out that, like, you know, uh, they're with someone and they're pregnant or something, you just kind of go like, "Oh, well, that's kind of that's like a hard limit." Because <laughs> you know, you just go, "Okay, once the kid's in the picture, you don't want to kind of interfere with that. You don't want to risk breaking up that relationship." Yeah, and it's it you is. Know, and it's tough. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's devastating. I mean, I can't say that I've been in that situation, but I could, I could, I, I sympathise for that character. Um, yeah. Adams just said, uh, whereas I'm the other way around with my illness, uh, I, as I have health anxiety, I'll diagnose myself before a doctor is even involved. Ooh, hypochondria. To be fair, don't self-diagnose because, wow! Like if you if you go, have you ever been on bloody NHS the NHS Direct or whatever the website where you get to type your symptoms in? It just goes, it's cancer, and you're like, what? You know, I've got a mild cough, cancer, and you're like, thanks NHS. You know, I I've, I never yeah. ever look online for your symptoms. I've experienced that this week, and it's sort of like try and be a little bit more gentle instead yeah, of just saying like, this might be this. a sign of this and you're like yeah and you're like okay so effectively anything can be cancer we get that but then when it's done in a database format it does just look like you know you trust it as oh well it wouldn't be suggesting it if it wasn't like a 90 percent chance of being the cause and you're like no no that is literally they don't know but that's like a one percent possibility it's, it's it's the case i mean I, I had it in the hospital on Monday where they're just like, oh, it's this. We believe it's this. And you're like, oh, 
and like your whole world starts to collapse in and then the next day they're like oh well it might not be though and you're like, <laughs> you're like oh well maybe not you're like mm. you're like mm. you've allowed me to dwell for 24 hours and then yeah. you've gone actually it might not be that and you're like are you just trying to give me a mental breakdown or 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 what but yeah so uh what's the next scene after this one the, the next scene is uh the 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 best scene basically engineering where we basically yeah <gasps> we, go, we go into engineering and this is andy x this is just absolute fantastic like this support your writers basically because yeah. they allow things like this to happen they allow scenes like this to happen where we basically we have it where Uhura, like Uhura's looking for Spock she finds him in engineering dwelling and he basically goes into a song about his uh, well he tries talking about work he tries talking about how he hasn't found any pattern in yeah the there's no pattern at all yet. and that he can't see anything and that it's all for naught and then immediately starts talking about how she doesn't care about him and how how easily she dumped him effectively yeah. and how it was nothing to her. And yeah, and that's exactly, and then he just goes into a song. And the wonderful thing about Spock's songs is they're so methodical. Like they're very technical lyrics because he leads the first song and he does it in a very sort of Spock way where there's not too much emotion. The music behind him is not mechanical, but it's very paced. It's very, it's it's you know, very it's very it's it very logical it's very vulcan it's craft yeah, it work would, yeah that's it it would be industrial if they were going for that kind of thing because it's very mechanical it's very paced it's very cold in a way emotionless but kind of yeah but then he doesn't give much emotion and that gives this wonderful flavor to these songs and him he is a phenomenal singer the and deepness I love the of idea. his voice as well that, well that's it it's like this wonderful i think it's like a baritone i don't think he's a bass but it's the fact of it's this wonderful voice that he's got and how technical the songs are the lyric mm. the lyrics in this song are absolutely phenomenal and i'd like i'd like to say i wrote some of them down but i was just too enraptured by all of it but at the end of the song, he, he basically just says, I am the X, because the, the whole song is about how Chapel is moving on. Chapel is yeah. moving on from Spock. Spock doesn't know how to handle it because, let's be honest, yes, he has he was on a break with T'Pring, but he has never been dumped. This yeah. is Chapel essentially saying, I'm going away for three months. I'm not thinking about you, TTFN. Bye. He's just basically assuming the worst, as most young lads do in the first or second relationship where you, you're madly in love with someone and then he's just like, it's all over, my life is over, and then he's just like, I'm the ex. Well, then... I think I think the best thing in how clever the lyrics are, where he's like, he's well, the whole point of this song, and this is wonderful, because we, we did wonder where we know Spock from the original series. Mm. We know how Spock is meant to be. Yeah. And then in Strange New Worlds, we've got Spock with all of these emotions. We saw how like freaked out Boimler was by Spock having emotions. This whole song is him going, oh, I realize now that I can't be trusted with emotions. I yeah. realize now that 
I have to control my emotions. I have to be the Vulcan part of me because it's dangerous, because it really makes me unhappy if I give in to my emotions, which is exactly what this is. And it's using very technical language for him to describe how he's feeling. But then it has the wonderful final uh, verse, well, final chorus of it, which is that he is, you know, where he's basically talking about how he's calculated why he thought he had it right, but he missed some vital information and he is X. So he's the X in the equation, which is, I, I, I say, I love a maths joke, but it's the fact of. incredible. Yeah. I did not pick that up. Yeah, no, it is. It's very much like he's just like, if why is this, if this is this and I've got the formula wrong, then I am X, you know, and it's, yeah. And it's just, it's a very clever song. And then it ends with him dwelling on that. And once again, like I said, I liked it ends with a spoken final line, which is Spock being cold, but Vulcan emotional. But he's compromised. You can see he's compromised because he takes himself away from the situation. He excuses himself and he leaves engineering, which leaves Ahura in engineering all of her own, trying to find this pattern. And we do get Celia Rose Gooding's big number. Something I like where we immediately go to another song. We literally get about five spoken words before she then goes into another song. And I think I think this is the best song. It's not my favourite song because I think Lance pips it the thing. Yeah. But I think this is the best song of the whole episode because this is just... You get a good set of lyrics, you get a good, you know, pretense, you get good music and you get a phenomenal singer and you get a masterpiece like this, which is... And it, and it does my favourite thing. Like, my favourite thing, okay, about pop music is that pop music can hide stuff like a lot of the time like we have you know i grew up with metal music i grew up with sort of like a whole you know grunge a lot of angry music and then you find that the lyrics of metal music tends not to be as harsh as pop music Mm -hmm. but pop music hides it very Mm. well so you can happily have a happy little pop song that will get to number one it's literally about murder or it's literally about sort of you know getting molested or something you're just going like okay barbie girl yeah, but Barbie Girl is a dark song. It's like, where, very, very dark, it. yeah. And stuff like Delilah. Like, you know, you have Paul Football Stadium singing Delilah, and it's effectively a jealous man just kills a yeah. woman. Not even married, but because she looked at someone else, he just kills her. And you're yeah. just like, hang on. You know, whereas, you know, as soon as you put like that to metal music, you just go, oh, well, I'm kind of expecting that. But then pop music kind of sneaks it in. And this song that Uhura sings here is effectively her parents died. Like her whole family, her whole family were taken from her and she's not sure why she wasn't with them, why she wasn't like killed alongside them or why it happened, but how she was just left alone. She she was just left alone in the universe by them and how she's had to find her way and about how she's always alone and whether she's destined to just only operate alone all the time and it's but it's done so beautifully that unless you're listening to the lyrics you don't realize what a bleak song it is you know it's it's beautiful that celia is very much like nichelle nichols uh, because nichelle nichols was a renowned singer she sang on the original series she sang in the movies she was a singer she she wanted to leave the original series to pursue a singing career. Mm. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, no, you are a symbol <laughs> yeah. to a whole generation of, of 
of, of people. Coloured people. Coloured yeah. people. And, and basically, coloured people and also oppressed people. Yeah. Because that's exactly what Star Trek does. Like, Star Trek, like, obviously, you know, not the gay people in the original series and stuff, but it's the fact of you could see that it was coming. You could see it was like, once that, once that battle's done, it's going to be this one. And that's exactly how Trek has been. With obviously like Discovery bringing up a lot of like trans uh, trans rights issues and whatnot, and this one bringing up a lot more societal issues. For it's, for for much as for for much as we are, I mean, all Trek is good Trek. Don't get me wrong, but there are there is strong Trek and there is weak Trek, and I would, I would consider Discovery to be the the weakest of the bunch. But well, it's I, I think it's not the whole. As we've talked about, what Discovery... Discovery has great ideas and it has a great agenda behind it, but it didn't realise the Trek way of doing things, yeah. which is you mask it. Like we had in the courtroom scene, Ad Astra... Ad Astra... Um, per Aspera. Per Aspera. As we had in that, where it's just going, hey, here's how you take a very real-life issue that is very important right now and you mask it behind sci-fi. Yeah. And so people don't realize what they're listening to rather than Discovery, where it very much kind of went, hey, it's just this. And you're like, no, no, don't say that. Yeah. You know, but, you've mentioned the trigger words that will upset all of the fucking dickheads. But I mean, this is this is the thing like they, they do champion uh, non-binary um, uh, LGBTQ, you know, they, they although they, they, they don't mask it very well. Um, they do championing it, and it's sort of like this is, this is Trek. This is this mm. is a future where yes, in two hundred years, like I mean, I, I always the go back. Not bringing, not bringing too much fuss to it. Yeah, like, and like we said, like we said in previous episodes, where the DS Nine just goes, oh yeah, such and such is husband, and you're like, oh, so he's gay, is he cool? Yeah, you know, and he just mentioned, you know, just off camera. Oh, the first lesbian goes, oh, yeah, kiss between, can... yeah, the first lesbian kiss on yeah. Star Trek. All right, that's fine. Next scene, and then yeah, the whole thing, the whole point is that you just have it and you normalize it, so you don't like make it all about that. You know, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. Like, but at the end of the song, Ohura does see, uh, does see a way. To... She sees a pattern. She, she sees, sees a pattern. Spock missed it, but Ohura, because she's so genius at stuff, because over the course of the song, she realizes that her actual skill is bringing people together, communicating to people, and that what she does is because she's alone, she brings other people together in order to make sure that nobody's alone. Yeah, and that is her skill. That is what she does, and in doing so, she re she notices a pattern in the signals, obviously of her song that she's singing, in Spock's song that he's just had, and in a Chapel song. She notices that actually, uh, she explains it later in the next scene, but effectively, the more songs happen, the more the unlikeliness factor goes up. And it's, yeah, and this is insane, but apparently they can track the unlikelihood of stuff. <laughs> it's it's. So I don't it, get this. So so thing. in the next scene, she basically says that essentially we need to get a lot of people to sing to reach a certain frequency of that, unlikeliness of unlikeliness <laughs> that will shatter the subspace rift, and we need to do that. To shatter it before the Klingons uh, attack it, 
Yeah. So Pike goes, well, how do we do that? And she goes, we need a big final musical number. We need a crescendo. We need... Go on. I like this because it's basically saying, hey, like, if we just do individual little songs, that's not that unlikely. In a musical universe, it's not particularly unlikely that people are going to do individual songs or that one or two people are doing. But in the group numbers... There, there was a higher unlikeliness because it's like, well, what are the chances of that happening? And she's calculated that if the unlikelihood of something goes to such an insane level of that would never, ever happen, then it will actually feed back onto itself and break the rift. Basically, yeah. it'll break, you know, it'll rup- rupture the rupture effectively yeah, and yeah. then end it all. So she needs to make something happen that is incredibly unlikely. So basically, which is basically the entire crew in unison singing and dancing and every available voice they can get chiming in because there's no way that would ever happen. Yeah. And so that's the plan, effectively. The and magic so number is, because... yeah, the magic number is 344. So she said in order to get that, everyone has to sing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has to be, but it's not everyone just has to say, everyone has to be emotionally charged at the same time to trigger the big musical finale. Yeah. So. And I, and I, like, I like just how, this is just me sort of nodding and smiling at Star Trek bullshit. I'm going to yeah. be perfectly honest. Because the whole thing is like, hang on. I'm like, how are they measuring this exactly? Like, it's the, Trek science. She has a screen behind her that has a little sort of graph that goes up measuring the thing. And I'm like, how? How does this work? I don't... It's it's Trek if science. If we ever speak to Terry Metalis or any other writer Akiva Goldsman, involved in yeah. this, I'm yeah. going to be like, explain this. If they, you know... Yes. And I want them to just say, look, it's a musical episode, fuck it, you know. Neil deGrasse Tyson explained this. But, uh... <laughs> imagine if he does, though. Imagine. God, if he does, I want him on this show. Um, <laughs> God, his, his voice could melt butter. The, uh... So on the bridge, basically, Pike said, only you can do this. All You know, we need our communications officer to bring people together in order to trigger this emotional response, which will cause a big crescendo. So on the bridge, they, uh, the captain puts the shipwide speakers on and Uhura is trying to rile the emotions of the crew by basically saying, you know, it's, some of you know me, some of you don't. I bring you all together. I am your communications officer. I bring you all uh, together. And it's... It, doesn't work at first and mm. pike's sort of like oh we need to hurry up the klingons are yeah, coming yeah. and the klingons are coming and as she talks and talks and talks the music starts the music begins you hear the melody and the big number starts and you see people who are just doing their daily jobs suddenly yeah. just walking turning and but then in synchronous I, I think it's wonderful because basically uhura is like she breaks into songs she starts singing about stuff and we see the crew going about their jobs in a corridor checking it and then and then basically the the camera flip the well the camera spins around so it rotates the whole room and then when it lands they've actually all just gone into sync and then they go into a dance number all yeah. choreographed together and it kind of demonstrates how it's spreading throughout the ship and that everyone is kind of just going into a big dance session so, so they and are getting on board with it they, they are basically you know how they are united they are a, they are a team they are a family they are on the starship enterprise they are 
um, they are in it together. They are being brought together. The, the the unlikeliness factor is raising and raising and raising, but they still need more voices as they well, are every, singing. Everything, everything around the ship, so it goes around all the characters. So every yeah. single character, except Pellier. Pellier gets backing vocals, but she doesn't get a line in this. There's a uh, queen. Song. There's a queen but, bit. There's a little bit of a queen there, there tribute. Is, there is. But it's um, but it goes around the whole crew, and we basically have everyone. So we have Umbenga getting a bit of a line. Yeah. And even though the actor is not a singer, he does a very good job. But it, I like the fact that he just mentions throughout the episode that he doesn't like singing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't think the actor does, but they do it. Oh. But it's the fact of it. Literally, everyone has a line about how they're feeling and about how proud they are of Uhura and being on this crew and about how she can do it. Yeah. And it's this wonderful sort of affirmation for Uhura after we've just had a song about her not knowing her coming from loneliness and getting out of it and then having a whole song about how she's the one to save everyone with this like uh, song. But it's great because it goes around the whole crew. Everyone gets a, a line or two and then we go to engineering and we get a Queen tribute, which is Pellia, Pellia, Lan, and Spock together doing the Queen thing. <laughs> like I saw uh, like that, Pellier and I, I was like, Queen. Vocals. It yeah. was so good. I think the best thing is like sort of Pe Pellia and Lan singing about how they don't want the singing to end, and then <laughs> <laughs> they don't Sorry. want the singing to end, and then Spock is just like, I want the singing to end. <laughs> But then in the background, we see one of the screens where these Klingon ships are coming and it's not just one, it's three that are coming. Yeah. And Ad Ensign Bailey, I'm going to call him Ensign Bailey because he's part yeah. of the adequate crew. Um, that bit where Anson Mount sings about the Enterprise being electric gave me goosebumps. Yeah, the, this is the bit where the full Tennessee yeah. country music comes out. Um, and then... Uh, we're, yeah. we're... And then and then Ahura is basically going, oh, we're doing it, but we need more voices. And then, and then the Klingons then arrive... Goes, Hail the Klingon. And then what we get... Okay, okay, okay. Right, allow me. What we get... Right, there, there is... There, okay, before I, before I explain it... could not pull yeah. this level of bullshittery off. Before I explain it, right, before I explain it, guys, there is very, very few uh, episodes of TV, very few TV and film that have ever made me go from this to this. And then just stay like that for the rest of the show, right? What we get, because they need more voices, the Klingons have arrived, so Pike sings, Uhura, hail the Klingons. First of all, the captain of the Klingon ship is Bruce Horrock, Hemmer. Is it? That's Hemmer. What? I never realised it looks weird when you What we get sign, what no. we get is what Sean Ferrick has dubbed Kling Pop. <laughs> Kling Pop. Kling Pop. Not K Pop. <laughs> Kling oh, it should be K Pop, but Kling Pop. What we get Adam's like we got the greatest moment in Star Trek. We did. You might be right. It's... We got Klingons not only singing, but as a boy band <laughs> it's like it, it's a full-on it's a full-on harmony boy band like sort of maybe rapper section i don't know it's like i watched this bit three times with falsetto voices i don't know it's very high voices 
but it is hilarious. And it makes sense now why their uniforms are bright gold. Why are you going to call me when it's only bad news? And I'm so... Yeah. And it's just, it is it is the silliest thing in the entire world. And they literally have this dance and then it ends with them, you know, it, it ends dramatically. <laughs> and then it just has an over-the-shoulder camera on, like, Pike. And he just slowly turns around with this, like, well, that happened face. They, uh, right there, guys. That is that right there. Oh, that yeah, is it. The and then right at the end, like, they, they <laughs> do it. They end the song and then they're just like, <clears throat> and then they close. <laughs> and then and then Pike just turns around and he's just like. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, that just happened. You know, like, but. I, I absolutely love it. And then um, what happens next? The, oh, yeah. The I don't next, know. Into, after that, it just goes into a, like a full-on... Uh, they all run to the bridge. Yeah, yeah they, they, they all come all to the bridge. So uh, Pellier and Spock and uh, Lan get up to the bridge. <laughs> and then it just goes into a typical finale thing. But then the Enterprise them... itself is spinning. And yeah, then the D7s we... are counter-spinning as well. Yeah, and it's just we like... see the, the Klingon ships and the Enterprise in formation in space. Basically dancing around each oh other. Oh my it is absolute god. lunacy. It is, it, uh, it is so crazy. And then we have so the finish where everyone... Go... Everyone on the crew gets up and does a choreographed dance routine. Except for Spock. Spock is standing at the side because he doesn't want to be involved in any of this. He's uh, the dad at every dancing, wedding. And then he looks and then he looks at the unlikeliness factor of it, you know, after spiking from the Klingons. He looks at the unlikeliness factor and it's only about ten points off what they need. And then he just basically gets up. And joins in another choreographed he's, dance himself. He's, he's the and dad. Takes it over the edge. He's the dad at every wedding where it's like, oh, you're dancing. And then YMCA comes on. Yeah. And then when YMCA comes on, they're like, and then they're just like, that's Spock. It is so fucking stupid. And it I is so, yeah. Adore it. I, it I, is, I, you know, I, it's, it's the idea of, like, yeah, so sorry, you can't, but basically, Spock joins. The unlikeliness factor hits uh, 344 mega volts, I think it is. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, uh, whatever, check. Um, yeah, and then basically we just have a massive explosion. So we have a huge explosion in space, a big grand finish to the number kind of thing. The, uh, the subspace rift basically repairs itself and then everyone is cured. So it's a big... Not deus ex machina because they caused it themselves, but it's a big sort of, oh, okay, well, that fixed that. But and then everyone on the bridge is absolutely celebrating. Now, the reason why I love Strange New Worlds is that somehow it pulls this episode off. Nothing could pull the level of nuts that this episode is off because it is we literally that number is just silly. Like we literally have rap Klingons. We have R and B Klingons. I call it rap, but we have K-pop Klingpop Klingons. Kling, but we are Kling Pop Klingons. Uh, well, who else is going to do Kling Pop, damn it? But, um, but yeah, and just uh, choreographed group numbers with Spock and like Una and like Uhura. And you're like, I, if you proposed this to a Trek fan, if you proposed this to me as a Trekkie, like four yeah, years ago, that face. I would have just gone, they are going to ruin Trek. I hate this. And Strange New Worlds has done so incredibly well and is written so well that it can just make this seem like another episode. And wow, 
have the awards. Have all of the fucking awards. Sean, I think it was Sean on, on Twitter or X or we whatever you want to call it. to talk to people about yeah. it. But <laughs> he was like, I have to talk to my people today. But Sean was like, I want the Batleth boys and I want them now. <laughs> the Batleth boys? <laughs> the Batleth boys. <laughs> oh man, maybe I'm missing out on Twitter or X as it's now known. Don't, because I'm looking at my phone right now and it's got XXX at the top. And it's just like, I, I, it looks I was like the porn. someone the other day that I, I hate this new, obviously, you know, It'll preaching change. to the choir. But I literally, I, I checked my phone because I hadn't been paying attention to it. I checked my phone and then there's just an app called X. And I'm like, what what hookup app have I installed while drunk this week? And then I sort of clicked it. And I was like, oh, it's fucking Twitter. Week. Never mind. You know, but, you know, it's like usually there's something. I'm like, oh, but, let's download fucking. So I forgot what it was last week. The end. Of, the yeah. end of the show. We were in the bar. Uh, before the end of the show, sorry, we were in the bar with Laan. Uh, hmm. Basically, who is she talking to? I think she's talking to. Uh, she's talking to uh, Una about how it panned out with her uh, Kirk. Yes, she she is. Um, and then right at the end. We get Uhura on the bridge. Everything is fine. Everything is sorted. But Uhura starts humming and Pike just shits himself. And everyone else just shits themselves. Yeah. And she's just like, sorry, earworm. Yeah, that's it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And we get we get a wonderful scene where we get a resolution scene between... We get um, Lan talking to Una, I think it is. Hmm. Uh, yeah, about like sort of how she opened up and how it backfired and stuff. But then we also get a scene between Pike and his daughter slash girlfriend. Um, oh yes, because yeah, yeah and they, it's basically yes. them talking about that and and obviously talking about communication, which is the whole point of this episode, which is making people say the things that they're holding back. Yeah, and he's not he's not talking about how he's really feeling because he doesn't want to upset her, but in doing so, he's upsetting her, which is basically. Her just him just going, I don't want this stupid holiday, and her just being like, Well, you just wanted to go camping, and he's like, Yeah, and yeah, but it's this idea the important thing is, you know, that they have this discussion, and she points out, I don't know if this is significant, but she basically goes, Well, we don't need to decide yet because I've been sent on a secret mission, so I'm going to be so we have to cancel the plans anyway. Foreshadowing next week's episode, is it because well, she is in thing. next week's. It's so disappointing that next episode is the last episode. I, of the I, I, it feels right, and I, forgive anyone else in the chat or anyone who, who's listening to this. Does anyone else you feel to have survived us for two hours? Uh, yeah. Anyone else? Do you feel that this season has just flew, as opposed to Picard, where it just it dragged, and not well, dragged as a bad not... thing, but dragged as in. Every week, it like it was. It felt like ten weeks. This doesn't feel like ten weeks. This yeah, there was there was a lot more gravitas with Picard. Yeah, there was a lot more like okay, um, the you know the impact and and I was far more excited for the next episode of that because it was a continuing plot. Where Strange New Worlds, it's just this lovely blanket where I'm like, I want to see what happens next. But yeah, I'm not on tender hooks for it. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it feel quicker. <laughs> But that's what also makes it feel like Trek, where it's just like, it's like yeah. I agree. It's, it's, it's that comfort. It's, literally... it's that comfort blanket where it's like, it's it's oh, it's six o'clock. It's BBC Two. Uh, 
Let's... The Simpsons has just finished. The Simpsons has just finished. Let's what a lovely episode of Star Trek. And that's how it feels. And Oh, oh it's... Uh, oh, what's it called? What's the episode you desperately want us to review? Depends which one you're on about, good or bad. In season one of Next Gen. Fuck off, Code of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've forgotten the name of it. It's not Way yeah. of the Warrior. That's uh, DS9. Fuck uh, Fuck off. Um, no, yeah, uh, not oh, really. I've forgotten the no. name, but yeah, that one. Sub Rosa and, and uh, Code of Honor. Yeah. Um, Code of Honor. There we go. Yeah. But no, so like. You just, oh, time for a nice episode of Trek. Oh, racism. So so next week, guys, <laughs> it will be uh, the, the finale of Strange New Worlds. It will be our last review of Strange New Worlds before we may. And I said I spoiled it last week, didn't I? I, I no. Yeah. No. Okay. No, no, I don't What's think. What's your news then? No, no, no. It's 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 um after Strange New Worlds, there may be a revamp of what you see around our lovely faces. Oh. There may be a refit. The adequate is going in oh. for a refit. Uh, so we've got, we've got to have a we've got to have a judge up after the end of Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. We will be going back. Um, to review the next generation holiday episode where Picard goes to Riser. Because... I see I, that's the because what we're gonna do, it's gonna be fiddly, okay? So we're gonna have we have this episode, and then next week it's the final episode of Strange New Worlds. Then the 18th, because schedules work out that way, we're gonna do the episode uh that we were meant to do ages ago, which is the holiday episode of Picard, uh, yep. of TNG with Hawaiian Picard. shirts. And, and then on the 25th, we're gonna do a live episode. From Annick Castle with uh, Stuart Hatton Jr., who is one of my uh, favourite gay celebrities, uh, and what is it? And Sean Ferrick from uh, What Culture, and do a retroactive, a retrospective of this season of Strange New Worlds. So we're going to have a little bit of a break, <laughs> a little bit of yeah, a yeah, Strange so... New Worlds break for a week, and then we're going to get back to it with a sort of what we all thought of it. And, and then, and then, obviously. I... You you may you curse want, me. You want to do a film, don't you? So it's like probably when we get to September. Yeah, I, I, I would I would say September, but let let's we've got Lower Deck starting on September the seventh. However, mm. I have been very selfish and I have decided to have a vacation, mm. um, in America. I am going to uh, demand someone give me a job, um, <laughs> whilst over there. So Mark, come in here. Uh, <laughs> he's not lying. I'm not lying. He's got he's got a rope and a boot. I've got your PO box. Um, <laughs> we want to know. Stop it! It's getting creepy. It's it getting... is getting good. No, no, sorry. But um, he's he's got a he's got. I, when is I, your holiday? So when... I am I am in the United States of them Americas uh, yeah. for two weeks at uh, the mm. end of uh, middle of September to the beginning of October. I okay. am journeying through to three different cities in America, but I am ending in LA. Um, mm. I, I, for, for those that know, I, I absolutely adore. I adore America. Being someone who studied and, and worked in TV and film, it's sort of like my mecca. Because it's like, ah, this is where all these shows are made. This is where, And, mm. you know, I've been on... I've been to The Big Bang Theory and I did... <sighs> The late late show of James Corden, but uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's more like yeah, it was vile. 
it was absolutely vile. But that's not to. Oh God. That's not something that I. Is would... it true that they electrify the seats to like make people laugh? If anyone wants to know what my experience was like on the Late Late Show with James Corden, you are free to DM me at any time. And I will divulge all, but for the for the, for the purposes of YouTube, I will not say a word. So I'm in America. So what we are possibly going to do, I have tried tooth and nail to contact Paramount, CBS Viacom, Paramount, whoever they want to call themselves this week, to get screeners for uh, Strange New Worlds. Because what I would like to do is screen the two episodes that I will miss record them and then obviously air them when i'm away so you guys don't lose it if we don't me and sonoids will will come up with with something we'll else work we, out something. we'll either I mean, have a if break it, if it ends up with fucking me having to do it with general kirk Kirky, yeah. or we'll get baron levey in or we'll get yeah. going we'll work it out i mean for instance i might need to be off on the week of the first because i'm at lindisfarne festival I'm performing at Lindisfarne Festival, and the problem is, I think we go down on the Thursday night, the 31st, yeah, and then we're there until, like, the the Monday, so they come back on the 4th, so I'm like, shit, so unless we record the episode on, like, the Wednesday... I think, uh, though, yeah, I, I, I think, though, guys, I think you would appreciate, we have, we have gone, we have gone non-stop since February. Every like week, weeks or something. every week, nearly half a year. <laughs> yeah. Every week we have provided you with our uh, unsolicited, innate rambling, sometimes alcohol fueled. So I think a week off might be needed uh, for both me and Sonoys. Obviously, I'm yeah. in America, but I if anyone knows, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put an appeal out there now. If anyone knows. How on earth I can get to be a screener for Paramount Plus so we can not only review Lower Decks, but any other new Star Trek that comes out within time so we are not running around like mad bastards 12 well, hours before a show, <clears throat> hit me up. Because I am open to anything. Sean, let's Mark, let's anyone. Message, yeah, well, what we'll do, we'll message uh, Sean, because Sean will, Sean will know, because I'm sure he gets screeners for what comes He does, he? yes. Yeah. Does. So it's the sort of thing of we basically go like, hey, who do we speak to? Who's your contact? Whose DMs do we That's have thing, to slide with, into? With the girl podcast, we basically very much have different contacts at different media agencies, and you just go, oh, that comes under this umbrella. You need to speak to such and such, and you get, like, connections and stuff. But yeah, uh, we probably need to wind this up. We do. But, um, yeah, we, we I just want to say, wow, chat. Wow, we have eight people still watching and we've been on for like nearly three, two and a half hours. Your stamina, listening to us talk absolute nonsense for two and a half hours. Thank you so much. You... That is absolutely fantastic. But the important thing, though, if you enjoyed us talking about this, go and watch this episode. However you choose to do it because obviously i think you need paramount plus in the uk to yes view you it. do yeah but it's the idea of listen to the soundtrack on spotify wow like they, this this is just a fantastic experience and this is probably like with the buffy episode something people are going to be talking about for years to come they're going to be like remember when star trek did this you know yeah, yeah. it's 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 this has been a while, like Picard, this has been a wild ride this season. And I am so happy that not only that that Star Trek is, is back and we have new Star Trek, but that they are pushing boundaries and taking risks. 
This is what Star Trek is about. Guys, if you uh, are not a member of Nerdy Up North, uh, we have a Facebook community. <clears throat> if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, what are you doing with yourself? Click that subscribe. What are you doing with your life? What if you, you like. If you like this video, give us a like, tickle that bell as well, give it an old caress on the bell. We are also on Discord, Twitch, everything else. It's all down there and below. The Velvet Snatch, the Girl Podcast, that's all down there below. Sonoise's Twitch is down there below. If you like Star Trek Prodigy, the petition is down there below because Trek culture are right. We need to hashtag save Star Trek Prodigy. I have got links to Spectrum Sanctorum, the Shuttlepod show, and Clone Star. All friends of the show, all friends of ours. They are wonderful people. If you like what we do, I am absolutely sure you will love what they do as well. That is it. You can find me yeah. on Twitter at GoodWillNone. Anything else to add, Sunoise? Uh, I'm going to be streaming after this. Obviously, it'll probably be in about 10 minutes, but I'm going to be... What we're going to do, okay, I have we're going to be doing this on Sundays, okay, going forward. So I might even take a break on Fridays. I haven't decided yet. But obviously, last week, we finished Final Fantasy VIII on my Twitch stream. Uh, but what? And now I've got the System Shock remake, which is one of the most famous horror games. And the remake finally came out. And even better, finally got discounted this week. Uh, so I've managed to buy it. And it is phenomenal. So I will be streaming that. So we're probably going to have System Shock Sundays. Where I'm going to be playing that probably daytime because I might have podcasts on the evening. Uh, but yeah, so tune in for that on Sundays, which is new to the schedule. And then Mondays, I'm hopefully going to be playing more Diablo 2 with Jake while that lasts. But then tonight we're going to be playing, we're going to be playing Final Fantasy VIII. And it's literally, we're just going to have a piss around doing the side missions that we didn't do when we completed it last week. Such as fighting the ultimate boss, the toughest boss in the whole game, which is optional, called Omega Weapon. Oh, so ooh. join me in about 10 minutes on Twitch uh, and we'll be doing that. Guys, <laughs> we absolutely love you all. We will be back next week, same time, same place to review the finale. I want you all to take care of each other. Stay safe. We absolutely love you. Each and every one of you at Nerdy Up North. Live long and prosper. See you next Miles! week. Miles! Miles!